Welcome back to another episode of Learn American English with this guy. I know there are a lot of English learning podcasts out there, and it means so much that you chose to listen to this one. If I could ask a favor from you, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps other people find the channel. Once again, thank you so much and enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're not as nervous as I am. I am. I'm nervous. I'm always nervous before I go live. There are so many things that could go wrong here. I could mess up in my teaching. The microphone. Let's talk about the microphone really quickly. I'm worried about the microphone. This lesson may end abruptly. When something ends abruptly, it means just like that. The microphone could cut out on me because it has done it before. But I want to say hello to a couple people. Amin is here. How are you? Yawin is here. Welcome. Constantine, how are you? Veronica is here. Freddie Wolf is here from France. Yulia, welcome. Hansa, Harry. Can't forget Harry. I saw Samarin here too. Welcome everyone. Today's lesson is about birds and nuts. I tried to pick a really strange, weird topic for these weird, strange times we're living in. A very different world than we're living in, than we were living in. Um, hey Elena, how are you? Than we were living in just a week ago. So Let's forget about what's going on in the world for about an hour and learn some English terms, phrases, phrasal verbs, slang that we use with birds and nuts. Before we do that, though, I got to give a couple shout outs. One shout out I can't give, but I would like to welcome Ibrahim. He became a member I don't think he's in the chat, but he has been with the channel for since it started, like two years ago. So here you go. Welcome to the club. I think he's been here before. I'm not sure, but welcome. New member. Make sure you check the members tab for the Discord, the members chat, and the bonus videos. And I also would like to give a shout out to Sita. She left a super chat on the last lesson, but that last lesson that last lesson was about a rather grim topic. So I didn't want to do this during that lesson, but we can do it now. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. And there was one other super chat before we started. But that person said, don't shout me out. She's in the chat right now. Thank you. No shout out. 
let's get on to the lesson. We're going to be talking about birds and nuts. Look at this bird. Do you know that bird? It's a cardinal. And cardinals are one of the birds that actually do not migrate. They don't migrate. So that is hopefully one of the first English terms I can teach you. Let's look at this sentence. There are actually two sentences here. Maybe you can practice shadowing with this. I will read it nice and slow and clear. Maybe you can use it for shadowing. Cardinals are a type of bird that do not fly south for the winter. We also call flying south migrating. So depending on where you live, I live in the north where it's cold. Birds like to fly south in the winter. So if you're living in, I know, Poland, Ukraine, Russia, we all kind of share the same parts of Germany, all share the same climate. And I'm sure we have birds that come here in the summer. They sing really nice songs, but the winter is too cold, so they migrate south. Hope that helps. That's our first bird, cardinal. So sometimes in the snow, you will see something bright red. It could be a cardinal. Fly south. That term right there. We also call that migrating. Migrating means moving from place to place. We also have something in the United States called migrant workers. Migrant workers. Those are people who will pick fresh fruit and vegetable and they will move around the country depending on where the best place is to pick fruits and vegetables. Fly south. Migrate. Migrant workers. The next one. I hope this is new for you. Snowbirds. We have snowbirds in the United States. Take a look at these people. What do they all have in common? They're old. Snowbirds are old people. Snowbirds will live in the north when it's nice and warm. I live in Maine, a state that's in the northern part of the United States. So older people will be around here in the summer. But once it starts getting cold, they go to places like Florida or Arizona. I have a video coming out this week, a lesson about rain, and it's in a desert in Arizona. So here's another sentence that I hope will help you with your English. Snowbirds do fly south every winter. Many older retired people will fly to Florida or Arizona. So instead of having like one large house, these older retired people will sell their bigger house and buy two smaller houses, one in the north for the summer, one in the south for the winter. And again, Florida and Arizona are very popular states for this to happen. 
And I'm pretty sure, hey, Luke, what's going on? Hey, Danny, how are you? And I'm pretty sure that at least parts of Europe have snowbirds. I have heard of snowbirds in parts of Europe. Do you have snowbirds in your part of the world? I can imagine in Brazil, South America, where it's winter um, when we have summer, that some people might fly north. I don't know. I don't know. Is that is that a thing down there? Hey, Ario, Alex, how are you? I think I saw Jake. Jake's in here. Welcome, welcome. And I think I saw Audie in here. How are you? Hope everybody's doing well in Thailand today. Oh, and and Jamie Watson, my wife, is here. The next one we have for you. It's a pigeon. It's a pigeon. If you go to places like New York City. There will be so many pigeons around. Now, I mean, not an ugly bird. In fact, it's rather pretty. It's not It's not an ugly bird. But when you go to New York City, they are all around. These pigeons. And do you know what pigeons do? Just like every animal, they go to the bathroom. So... A few pigeons I don't mind. Lots of pigeons I do mind. And I think Venice, if anybody is here from Italy, I think um, they're known for having lots and lots of pigeons too. I'm just checking in. What is a snowbird? Aria, we just talked about that, my friend. From Indonesia. Snowbirds. They are old people. Old retired people. They live in the north. See, retired means they don't have a job. So they can live in the north when it's beautiful out and get the heck out of the north, fly to places like Arizona and Florida when it's cold up here, just like birds do, migrating birds. The next one. This is kind of what started this whole English lesson. I was out in Arizona. And there were ravens out there. I had never seen a raven. I just thought they were really big crows. But apparently, they are different. Do I know how they're different? No, not exactly. I'm an English teacher. I don't really need to know each each and every bird name. Just like learning English, you don't need to know a pigeon from a crow from a raven. I mean, it helps, but you can just say a bird. You can just say a bird. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. That's what really good English learners do. If they don't know the exact name of a word, they might use three or four words to describe that word. And I know that many of you do that. So since I am an English teacher, I'm not an ornithologist. We'll talk about that later. That's someone who studies birds. The way I look at it, ravens are bigger than crows. I don't know about you, but those birds scare me a little bit. On the left, right under crow, is a picture of a crow. On the right, it's a picture of a raven. I mean, they're both black, but I do think ravens 
are bigger than crows. I mean, that's what I think. Now we have a term in English that we say, and that is as the crow flies, as the crow flies. What that means in English is that if you could be like a bird and get to that destination, it would be a lot quicker. But since we have cars, you may have to go around and it might take you longer. So let's think of you're going to a new city and you want to find the grocery store. A person may tell you, well, you go here, you go there, you go there. And you might say, well, that sounds like it's really far away. And they might say, well, as the crow flies, it's only one mile away. So as the crow flies means the actual distance that a place is away from you without all the winding roads. So if you ever hear that in English, well, as the crow flies, it's not that far away. Like if you could get rid of all the trees, all the buildings, and you could just walk in a straight line, that's what it means as the crow flies. You might hear a native English speaker use that. So as the crow flies, um, my school is only five miles away from me. It's, it's a long walk, but because there's a river between my city and the city my school is in, I have to go all the way around. There are only three bridges that connect those two cities so my commute is, is much longer. If I could just get there like a bird flying straight, wouldn't it be so bad, but, but, but I'm not a bird. The next one, seagulls, seagulls. You may have these things if you live near the ocean. Two places we have seagulls in my town and I don't live all that close to the ocean. As the crow flies, I live about 20 miles from the ocean, but to get in a car, it would probably take me 40 minutes to get to the ocean. But as the crow flies, I'm not that far away, but we have seagulls in my town. One, the dump. I've actually talked about the dump in a previous English lesson. It's where all of our trash goes. Seagulls love the dump and they love Walmart. One of our big stores. If you go to Walmart, you are going to see lots and lots of seagulls. Mega, how's it going? You want to see American crows? Yeah. I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Okay. I want to tell a story too, Fayez. Hope I'm saying your name right. This is true. I want to tell a story, and I actually have a sentence. Fayez says, I wonder that whether seagulls will eat a bagel around the world because somehow they eat bagels in Turkey. I'm not sure if you saw my uh, lesson that I released earlier this week. I made minimin or shushuka. The minimin's a little different, but I think it's the national breakfast of Turkey, and it is good. So if you want to learn some cooking terms, check out that lesson. Oh no, you adore seagulls? Okay, I hate seagulls. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because 
like Fayez says, they will steal your food. I have a um, sentence here for you. If you want to practice shadowing, be careful when you go to the beach. A seagull could swoop down, steal your food. Swoop down. That might be a new English phrasal verb for you, but it means to go down really quickly. Swoop down. Birds will usually do that. And a seagull could swoop down. You know, let me fix this. I wanna, I wanna, this is the next one. I want to put an and there. Swoop down and let's be let's be perfect here. Be careful. When you go to the beach, a seagull could swoop down and steal your food. Yeah, that sounds better. I could have put a comma after down, but that's that's perfect. I like that better. Yeah, so one time when my family and I were at the beach and our children were little, you know, little kid, two-year-old little kid enjoying a, a bagel. I can't remember what the food was, but and the, the seagull literally swooped down and took his food. What? Where'd he come from? So yes, in the United States, we also have that problem. You need to be careful of those seagulls. Let me check the chat here just to make sure I'm not missing anything. Freddie Wolf, what's that? Some say when the crow flies over a poor area that they will fly on their back in order not to see the poverty on the ground. Okay. I haven't heard that, but uh, interesting. Interesting. Oh, geez. Hey, Turkey Barack, how are you? Lots of pigeons in Turkey. Yeah. I mean, a couple birds here or there, I love them. When you have too many, though, they can be what we call in English a nuisance. Anything that bothers you a little bit, you could call it a nuisance. But I would call a lot of pigeons, a lot of seagulls, a nuisance. Would they ruin your day at the beach? Probably not. At least, at least on my beaches. We just have enough that they are a nuisance. They're not a huge problem. Just watch out for your food. All right. Hey, Sardor, I've never seen a seagull in my life. Well, that's good. That's maybe good. I, I wish I hadn't seen one either, but I mean, they're actually kind of pretty birds. They're kind of pretty. They're just a nuisance. They can be a nuisance. What's the next thing here? Turkeys. All right. I want to apologize. All of the vegetarians in the audience, if you're watching now, I apologize. But we have this national holiday here in the United States. You may have heard of it. We call it Thanksgiving. And most of the time... Turkeys are often served as the main course at Thanksgiving. Mm. Turkeys. Too bad. Poor turkeys. Now, once a year, you can learn this new term in its pardon. Pardon. Once a year, our president will pardon one turkey. 
And when you are pardoned, like it's like a criminal. If you get a pardon, that means you don't have to have a punishment if you get pardoned. So I'll read that sentence one more time. Turkeys are often served as the main course at Thanksgiving. What our president will do this year in November, President Joe Biden, if he's still alive, he's getting kind of old, but um, in November, he will pardon a turkey, meaning he will say to that, I, I promise this is true, he will say to that turkey, you do not have to be eaten at Thanksgiving. He will get to keep his life, that turkey. Yeah, once a year. That's a tradition we have in the United States. The American president will pardon a single turkey. That turkey gets to live until maybe next Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know if it's a pardon for life. They can never be eaten at Thanksgiving, but yeah. And we all kind of laugh at it, Like, but it's a tradition. Promise you. Has anybody in the chat, please just put yes or no. Have you heard of the American president pardoning a turkey for Thanksgiving? Please just in the chat, put yes or no. I'm hoping somebody says yes, because it does sound like I'm making a joke, but there's no joke here. SV27 shadowing. Okay, good. Little bit of pressure. I need to make sure I pronounce everything perfectly. Okay, Veronica, phew, you have heard of the president pardoning a turkey. Looks like Freddie has too. Good. Okay. Oh, and Audie has too. Okay. Okay. And SF, SV27 says, yes, I watched on the news last year. Okay. I see, I'm not making it up, but when I was saying it, it sounded like a joke. President Biden going on the lawn of the White House, picking a turkey and saving its life. All right. Semra, I'm glad I could teach you something. All right. And it looks like, hey, Constantine, I see some people helping other people out in the chat with their English. Perfect. Love it. Awesome. All right. The next one, this thing. Oh my goodness, is a vulture. I don't know if you've ever heard of this bird or not, but take a look. They look like villains. They look like villains from a Disney movie or something. These vultures, they are big birds. And they are scary, at least to me. So take a good look at a vulture. Take a good look at a turkey. In my opinion, not a good-looking bird. Rather ugly bird. And behind this turkey, the beautiful scenery. But the turkey itself, pretty ugly. Vulture, even uglier. And we also have this thing called a turkey vulture. It's a type of vulture. And it is scary. I used to live in Alabama. That is a state in the southern part of the United States. And me and my friend were driving on this country road. Not a lot of cars on that road. 
not a lot of people. And then when we went around the bend, that's kind of where the road curves a little. When we went around the bend, there were a bunch of turkey vultures in the road. Big birds, big, ugly birds. I think an animal had gotten hit. And they were just standing there looking at us. We surprised them and they didn't move. I was so scared. I had never seen turkey vultures before. And my friend was laughing because he thought, you know, who's never seen a turkey vulture before? Well, I had never seen one and it scared me quite a bit. And my friend stopped the truck. No cars on the road. We didn't have to worry about being hit. I'm like, go, go. Those things are nasty. Luckily, he did you know, keep moving with the truck. But for a minute, I was face to face with one of these turkey vultures. Just nasty. Nasty things. All right. Looking through the chat here. Just talking about birds today. All right, Nicole says, I'm not a big fan of turkey. <laughs> to be honest, they are also ugly. See, and a scary bird. Nicole, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Oh, Carla has to go. Hey, ooh, good luck at the dentist. I hope you don't have any cavities. All right, the next one here. Getting into um, some parts of the bird. Some birds have beaks. You can see on the left, that bird has what we would call a beak. We're going to talk about a duck here in a minute. That is a duck on the right, and they have bills. But here's the thing. I know that there are a lot of good English speakers in the chat, and I'm saying that, you know, I don't even know if you need to learn the words beak and bill in English. Now, if you're going to be working with birds, you know, of course, you might want to know that. Semra is in the chat. She's a veterinarian. If she ever has a bird that comes into the office and it speaks English, you may want to say some of the English terms. Probably be the owner that spoke English, but who knows? Parrots. Not a bird that we are covering today, but they speak. So you might not need to know, beak, bill, what's the difference? Hey, when in doubt, take a look at this. When in doubt, just say the bird's mouth instead of beak or bill. And I'm sure you do this, but if you are learning English and you have too many vocabulary words, just try to use more words than that one word. So it's great if you know beak. That's what we call a bird's mouth. But if not, just say, hey, use the words you do know. Whoa, that bird has a fish in its mouth. Instead of that bird has a fish in its beak. I mean, if you want to go way advanced, perfect. If not, just use simple vocabulary. I do see a lot of um, English learners trying to use really big vocabulary. You know, be careful. A lot of times when we are just chatting, 
two native English speakers, we use the simplest vocabulary of all. Now, we try to eliminate syllables from our words. Syllables are those little word parts, like word, one syllable, seagull, two syllables. Yeah. Americans, when we speak to each other, we're usually pretty lazy. We try to say the easiest thing possible. Now, if you're studying for the TOEFL exam or the IELTS and you have a job that depends on bigger vocabulary words, well, that's a different thing. But when we're just speaking to our friends, the simpler, the better. The next one, one of my favorite animals. I'm sure you have seen one of these. I'm sure you have a term for it in your language, but this is the duckbill platypus. Duckbill platypus. Let me make this thing bigger. Look at that thing. Is that, that's a real animal. I'm sure you have seen the duckbill platypus. Pretty, pretty cute. Ah, okay. I'm looking through the chat here. Freddie Wolf says, what's the meaning of nasty? Nasty is a great word. If you don't know this word, it can describe almost anything bad. So let's say somebody is riding their bike and they fall and maybe they get hurt. Maybe they get a road rash, we call it. Maybe their whole arm gets bruised. You could say, ooh, that was a nasty fall. Ooh, that's a nasty bruise. You could try some food. Miniman, that's not nasty. That's not bad at all. That's good food. And when I talked about those birds being nasty, I was talking about them being ugly. So nasty is a word you can use in a lot of ways. Great question. Great question, Freddie. One animal that I do not find nasty is that guy, the duckbill platypus. Very cute. Let's um, practice here a little bit, a little shadowing maybe for you. Unfortunately, the duck-billed platypus is facing extinction. That's a, that's a hard sentence to say, right? Unfortunately, the duck-billed platypus is facing extinction. So sometimes you will hear duck-billed platypus or you will hear what I wrote in the comment, the duck-billed platypus. And in between duck and build is something we call a hyphen. That little line in the middle of duck and build is called a hyphen. Let's check the chat to see if there are any, any questions. Whoa, look at this. Look at this. Semra with the big brain. Platypus is a small amphibious mammal, Brent. Amphibious. Oh, amphibians, amphibians are uh, so interesting. Okay. Just because Semra mentioned it, let's talk about amphibious. Anytime you see that word, think water. Think water. So an animal that's amphibious will go in the water. Boats could be described as amphibious, but a lot of times 
when you're talking about uh, the military or war, you might hear an amphibious uh, an excuse me, an amphibious mission that would involve some kind of water. Mammals, yeah, mammals. Uh, that's what you know. People, you probably have a different word in your language, but people are mammals. Mammals usually give birth to live animals. You know, when the babies come out of humans, they're they're alive. A duck. Think about a duck. Yeah. When animals, when ducks have babies, they're in eggs. So the duckbill platypus is one of the few mammals that lay eggs. You may know that already, but there's a little English there for you. It looks like Maria's in the house. Argentina. Welcome. Are you? Feather. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. The next one, claws and talons. Claws and talons. Let's make this bigger. You see where those arrows are pointing to? That bird on the left? I think it's a crow. We might say that bird has claws. But that eagle, that bald eagle on the right, that looks like a talon. That looks like a talon. Now remember, I'm not somebody who studies birds. Those are called ornithologists. Look at that. That's pretty hard to pronounce, isn't it? Ornithologists. Let me read this sentence for you. In my opinion, talons are more dangerous than claws. But remember, I'm an English teacher, not an ornithologist. So there might be some scientific reason that talons and claws are different. But I don't care. If I see something big and scary on a bird, I might say, whoa, that's a talon. If I see a little bird with just something that doesn't look like it could hurt me, call it a claw. If you don't know what those things are called, you can say, whoa, that bird has big feet, right? You don't need to learn all of these technical terms for English. You can just keep it simple. Well, that bird looks like it has a fish in its feet. That works. We'll know what you're talking about. Claws and talons. Let me read that sentence one more time. In my opinion, talons are more dangerous than claws. But remember, I am an English teacher, not an ornithologist. I said I am, didn't I? Instead of I'm. It means the same thing, but if you're trying to shadow and read at the same time, it's not perfect. I'm an English teacher not an ornithologist. The next one, in my humble opinion. Oh, Alex, that's good. In my humble opinion. And sometimes in texting, you might see this. You're texting in English. Sometimes you will see that acronym and that stands for in my humble opinion. In my humble opinion, they're the same. Yeah, me too. Alex, you and I agree. Hmm. 
This might be a better question for, or I think this is a statement actually. No question here. An amphibious animal, a frog. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Frogs would be amphibious, wouldn't they? They go in the water. Nice job, Harry. I was a little worried. English teacher, not uh, an ornithologist. That makes sense to me though. All right, the next one. Birds of prey. Birds of prey. Now, some birds eat nuts. We're going to talk about nuts in a minute. But some birds eat other animals. And that's when we talk about birds of prey. Birds of prey. You may be wondering, hey, what's prey? Well, if you look at the bottom, I have a definition for you. Prey are small animals that get eaten by larger animals. That's pretty much. Now, look at the two different spellings of prey. One has an E in it. One has an A in it. So if you're speaking, the great thing about speaking doesn't matter how it's spelled, right? Doesn't matter. But if you're ever taking a test like the TOEFL or IELTS, you might need to know the difference between the spellings. So sometimes we have homophones in English. You probably hate these things just as much as native English speakers hate them. Sometimes you spell the word wrong. But if you look here, prey, little animals that get eaten by larger animals, and then prey, depending on your religion, you know, prey, maybe you put your hands together. That's what we're talking about when we have the P-R-A-Y. All right, so let's, uh, let's do a little shadowing practice with that sentence down there. Two sentences. Prey are small creatures that get eaten by larger creatures. Prey has more to do with religion. Hope that helps. Hope that helps. Could be a little confusing there. There you go, man. There you go. Answering the questions. Answering the questions. Hey, Cecilia's in here. What's going on, Cecilia? Hey, if you could send me a private message on Instagram or whatever. I, I, I messed up on a drawing and I, I owe you something. I owe you something. Yeah. Let's see. Platypus. Yes. Audie the ties. Hey, teacher, can we just say platypus? Yes, I think so. I don't think there's another animal in English that's a platypus besides the duck-billed platypus. So I say yes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yes. Yes. All right. Next one. Wing. Wing. Now, here's an interesting word in English. Birds have wings, right? Birds have wings. That's good. That helps them fly. But I've got a sentence here somewhere. Hmm. But planes, they can also have wings. And bees, they have wings. So oftentimes a wing helps something fly. A wing helps something fly. Now we have a couple terms here. You could take somebody 
under your wing. If you take somebody under your wing, you guide them, you help them. So as you know, I'm a teacher and um, every year there are new teachers. So I'm in my forties. Sometimes we get teachers in their twenties and uh, sometimes they don't know what they're doing. Sometimes they could use a little help. They could use a little guidance. So me as a more experienced teacher, I might take one of these new teachers under my wing, help them out a little bit. Maybe you are a really experienced English speaker. You've been learning English for a number of years and you have a friend that is just starting to learn English. You could take them under your wing. You could help them out. You could guide them. And if they are just learning English, if you have a friend, you know, share the channel with them. Hey, did you like, did you like the lesson? If you're learning English, do you mind liking the lesson? It helps other people find it. Now, another thing you might hear, it's a little slang, uh, wing it. Somebody might wing it. Let's get this picture of a wing back up. Somebody might just wing it. That means they are doing something without preparing. Now, I did not just wing this lesson. It might seem like it, but I actually prepared some sentences. I prepared some slides. So I did not wing this English lesson as a teacher. But let's say you're going on a flight. You're going to be flying somewhere. You don't want your pilot to just wing it. I'm hoping that, you know, you sit down in your seat. The pilot usually welcomes everybody on the plane. Hey, this is your pilot today. We're going to be flying to San Diego. Hopefully we'll have a safe flight. The weather when you get there. You hope the pilot doesn't come on the speaker and say, hey, folks, today uh, I'm just going to wing it. I've never flown before. Let's just see what happens. Like, no, you don't want your pilot to just wing it. You want them to be prepared. You want them to be experienced. Wing it. Um, if you have an English test coming up, I mean, I wouldn't think you want to just wing it. I would think you would want to study before your test. If you don't study at all and you kind of don't care, you could just wing it and you'll probably fail. Probably, probably. So if there are any questions on what wing it means, leave them in the chat. Yeah, question. Are falcons and hawks the same? Remember, I am not an ornithologist. But to me, yeah, I think they are the same. Birds of prey means predators. Okay. Constantine, the prey, that's the thing that gets eaten. Prey gets eaten. Predators eat prey. Hope that makes sense. You want to be the predator. You don't want to be the prey because that means you die. Predator, prey. Good question. Good question. Oh, Yawin, that's very nice. My husband always takes me under his wings. So he's always protecting you. 
guiding you, I bet you, I bet you take him under your wing sometimes too. I know in, uh, with Jamie is my wife and in our relationship, you know, sometimes I'll take her under my wing. Maybe I know something a little bit better. Um, you know, sometimes she takes me under her wing. She just knows something better. When we first got together, I could drive a car. I knew how to drive a car, but when you have the, uh, the stick shift, when it's not an automatic, when it's a standard, it's where you have to shift the gears yourself. A little bit of car talk here, car vocabulary. She knew how to drive a stick. That's what we call it in English. I did not know how to drive a stick. She took me under her wing for a few weeks and taught me how to drive a stick. Yeah, Constantine, you're welcome. Arone, how are you? Welcome, my friend. Oh, my gosh. Hansa, the birds. There is a famous American movie. It's correct. Very old movie. It's in black and white. It's not in color. But it's called The Birds. And even though it is an old movie, it is still pretty scary. Sometimes when I watch an old movie, I'm like, that looks kind of lame. We're going to talk about lame in a minute. That looks kind of weak. It's not very good. But The Birds, there's a woman that has to go into a telephone booth. You young people in here probably don't even know what telephone booths are. She has to go into a telephone booth. And then all of these, I think they're seagulls, start attacking her and breaking the windows. It's like, oh my gosh, scary stuff. Thank you, Hansa. Yeah, that's a good movie, The Birds. All right, the next one here, Feathers. I think Ario mentioned Feathers earlier. Feathers. Yeah, you don't want to just wing it. All right, let's get rid of that because we're talking about Feathers now. Feathers, and we have a term. Birds of a feather flock together. Well, if you think of a wing, not on a plane, not on a bird, uh, sorry, not on a bee, but a bird, one of those, the little things that make up a wing, English phrasal verb, the little things that make up a wing, yeah, we call those feathers. That's what they look like. Now, my parents would often tell me this, birds of a feather flock together. Has anybody heard this English saying before? Just let me know in the chat. Yes, no. Have you heard birds of a feather flock together? My parents would say this all the time. And that means, hey, TS, what's going on? And that means you are exactly like your friends. So if your friends are bad people, you will be bad. So hang out with good people. Birds of a feather flock together. Ooh, so Alex has not heard it. Never, Veronica. All right, so it is a little bit of an older term. Young people these days, teenagers, they will probably not use birds of a feather. But if you are in your 40s, or 50s, or 60s, this is something you might hear from people your same age in the United States. Birds of a feather flock together. So 
if you if you have a friend who is hanging out with someone you think is bad and is not good for them, you could say, hey, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Be careful. That person is bad news. You want to not hang out with them anymore. Birds of a feather. Oh, Alex is not. All right. Wait, what? All right. So lots of no's. Okay. Audie the tie. This is a great question about predator. Can we say predator for hunter? Right. Um, I probably wouldn't just because predator is mostly for animals, mostly for animals. Now, this is not a fun topic, of course, but you know, sometimes we have to learn everything in English. You might hear for people though, if somebody is a predator, they will prey on, okay, so English phrasal verb there, they will prey on weaker people. You might hear child predator or somebody who attacks women. You know, these are criminals. These are these are horrible, horrible people. But if you're reading in the news, you might hear something like child predator. That is somebody who likes to hurt children in different ways. Many predator for people, it will be not just a one-time thing. They have hurt or abused many people, and it's people who are weaker than them. So if you ever use predator with a human, they are like a really bad person. They try to hurt people who are weaker than them. Like the stuff they do would put them in prison, put them in jail. Okay. Hope that helps. Great question. Great question. All right. What do we got next here? Birds of a feather. I think we talked about the next one. We talked about wing it. The next one, uh, hopefully it's duck. Yes. Good. The next one is duck. And I have something here and we're talk about presidents too. So you may know these animals in English. These are ducks. And you know, the weird thing about ducks is I think the men, the male, the boys, they're prettier than the ladies, than the girls, than the females. Take a look. The one, I'll get rid of this. The one with the green and the yellow bill, that's the boy duck, right? That's the male. And then in the back there, kind of just brown, that's the lady. Usually, I think in most animals, the ladies are prettier. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about peacocks. That's one animal where the men, the boys, here. It's going to be, uh, try to pull a peacock here. Bird. I mean, know the peacock. I mean, I know you have seen a peacock, but let's see. What's this? Oh, let's look at, look at Wikipedia here. I'm sure they won't mind if I share their page for a second. Look at that. Now that's a peacock and that's a boy and they are prettier also peacock, but the ducks, the boys, they're a little bit prettier, I think, but we do have a term in English called lame duck. 
And you will often hear this with presidents. So let's look down at the bottom. What is a lame duck? Lame duck describes someone who is leaving a job but hasn't left yet. Lame duck president. So the way it works with presidents, we elect them or we pick them in November every four years. So in 2024, there will be a presidential election. Let's say Joe Biden, he's still alive. Let's say Joe Biden in 2024 loses. He will be a lame duck until the next person takes the job. And that is not until January. So for almost two months, we have a lame duck president. That person is leaving. They're still president, but they're going to be leaving in two months because they lost. Sometimes a president can only run for two terms for eight years. So we have a, a lame duck president sometimes when a person can't run anymore. You, you might have a lame duck as a boss. Maybe they already put in their two-week notice and you know they're leaving. So it's not like they can really do anything to you. Be careful. Be careful. They might be able to, but lame duck president. If you ever hear that in the news, hopefully you will know what that is. It is someone who will not be president again and we know who is taking their place. Let me read that sentence one more time in case you want to practice shadowing. Lame duck describes someone who is leaving a job but hasn't left yet. Lame duck president. All right. Let me check the chat. Hey, Abraham. I gave you a shout out there. Give you a shout out a little while ago. Welcome, Abraham. Welcome. You are a uh, channel member, and I talked about how you have been with the channel for a long time. Oops, I'm trying to get you. There you go, Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Lame duck. If you have any questions about lame ducks, let me know. I will answer them. Pigeon. Marco, hope you're doing well. Let's talk about let's talk about ducks one more time here before we get rid of this picture. What can happen is if there are a lot of ducks in a pond, usually it's a small body of water, a pond, you can get something called duck itch. In English, we call it duck itch. And that is when the birds go to the bathroom a lot in the water and it hurts your skin. It might turn red. We would probably say your skin is irritated, irritated. So duck itch can happen. My friend, a couple years ago, his kids got duck itch and their skin is very itchy for a couple days. It's not fun. It's hard to sleep. Duck itch. I think they're they're pretty birds, but they can be a nuisance. Remember, we learned that word uh, about a half an hour ago. They can be a nuisance, a little problem. 
Next one. I love this bird. The loon. We have loons here in Maine. They make a beautiful sound. They look a little bit like a duck, but they are bigger than ducks. Now, if you have ever heard, yeah, rubber ducks. Hey, I did a lesson on rubber ducks not too long ago, Alex. It was rubber duck day here in the United States, national rubber duck day. All right. Uh, yeah, Ibrahim, thank you so much. Yeah, hey, Ario. Yeah, the news, I let's talk about this for a second because um, as some of you know, I have been studying Italian for almost three years, right? Um, a couple minutes a day, usually 15 minutes to a half an hour a day. It's been slow for me, but the news, I was reading a news article this morning about a guy named William Shatner and he went to space. It's like the news is very difficult. It is very difficult. I agree. Don't feel bad. Hey, I think even some, you know, native English speakers have trouble with the news. Some, you know, not the, not the really educated ones, but yeah, the news is written at a high level. So, and so in watching it too, it's at a high level. Loon. Let's talk about loon here. Now be careful with this. Okay. Because loony or a loon can have two different meanings. If someone is losing their mind, going crazy, we sometimes call them loony. Be careful. It's kind of rude. So if you ever hear of like, ah, you know, somebody is getting older, you might hear, oh, you know, my dad, he just turned 80. I don't know if he's all there. He's getting a little loony. So if somebody isn't all there, they're losing their mind, they're becoming a little loony, means they're forgetting things, they're a little slower. So be careful. Loony might describe someone who is a little crazy um, or a lot crazy. So if you ever hear that, be careful. It can also mean just silly though. Like a little kid could be kind of loony, you know, just acting kind of silly. So we have a couple ways that we use loon besides the bird. So be aware if you ever hear that a lot of times you can tell by the tone of how somebody is saying it. So he's a little loony, probably losing their mind. Oh, he's so loony. No, just another way to say silly loony. You might hear that. You might hear that. And if you ever go to Canada, I don't know if Amina is still here, but she lives in Canada. And of course, everybody knows Bob the Canadian. Who doesn't like that guy? He's a great guy, great English teacher. If you've never seen his channel, I can't believe you haven't. But if you haven't, you know, check out Bob the Canadian. Lots of good English lessons there. But if you are in Canada, a loony is a dollar coin. It's a coin worth a dollar because on it, it has a loon. It has a bird, the loon. And uh, they also have toonies, toonies. Let's see. Those are spelled like this toonies. 
T-O-O-N-I-E-S. He's telling me it's spelled wrong, but a toonie is a coin worth $2, even though we spell two T-W-O. But toonies, loonies and toonies, those are coins worth a dollar and two dollars in Canada. You're on the computer now. Can you can you at people? Can you at people? Listen, yeah. And Ibrahim says um, even the news is difficult in his own language. Yeah, very formal and advanced Arabic. Yeah, in English. So they say that the newspaper is written at a fifth grade level. Oh no, 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 no. Sorry, seventh grade level. So that would be middle school. But Talo. How are you? Brazil is in the house. Welcome. Yeah, so it's okay. If you can read the news in English or listen to the news in English or watch the news in English, you're pretty good. Congratulations. All right, let's get into the nuts for a second. Now, hey, Madi, what's going on? If everyone could write in the chat, what is their favorite nut? If you don't know the name of your favorite nut in English, who cares? I mean, you won't be able to answer this question, but sometimes we just say nuts for whatever. Peanuts, cashews, almonds, walnuts, pecans, pecans. You know, if you're just learning English, just knowing the word nut is fine. Believe me. If you happen to know the name of your favorite nut, put it in the chat. Maybe I'll talk about it. My favorite nut is the cashew by far. These things were always a treat in my house growing up. A treat is something you don't get very often. It's special. And cashews were a treat because they're expensive. My parents you know, didn't have a lot of money. I never went hungry. I I was never starving, but we splurged when we had cashews. When you splurge on something, it means you spend a little bit more money to enjoy something. So you might splurge on a hotel. Jamie and I did that a couple weeks ago. You know, it was a little bit of money, but we had some fun. We had to save up for it. In my house growing up around the holidays, we only got cashews around the holidays and it was a treat for me, but I love these things. Little expensive here in the United States, maybe expensive where you live, but English word right there, cashews. If you've ever seen those nuts, they're so good. They're kind of smooth, kind of smooth. Love them craving some cashews right now if you're craving food means you want it you can't have it man craving a candy bar right now man craving some cashews right now so these were always a treat look at that i think i think yawen told me that too she she's a (laughs) she's a big fan of cashews these nuts. Hey, hey, this is a family channel. Aroni. I'm not even going to go there. That's funny, though. 
That's funny. Hey, Tuesday, Thursday. No. Um, yeah, I always get confused. Um, the only thing I can think of is this. We start the work week on Monday. Tuesday is the second day of the week. Usually the second day of the work week, if that help, helps you. Tuesday, it's spelled a little differently, but Tuesday comes right after Monday. Like Thursday is the fourth week. I mean, fourth day of the week. Hopefully that helps, Italo. Hopefully that helps. Somebody please kick Aroni out. He's It's a family channel. Oh, the chestnut. Yeah, the chestnut's a, a nut. Yeah, we won't talk about it today, but yeah, the chestnut. All right. What did I receive as treats during my childhood? Uh, the cashews were pretty good. Cashew, you know, candy bar here, here and there. Yeah, Alex, I'd be indulging myself. I'd be splurging on it. And when you indulge, it means, you know, maybe a little expensive, but you're giving yourself a treat. You're giving yourself a treat. Amina's still here. She knows loonies and toonies. The next one is peanut. I think when most people in the United States think of nuts, their first thought will be peanuts. They are very common here in the United States. And if you look at that sandwich right there, that is what, (coughs) excuse me, that is what a lot of children will bring for their lunch in school. The PB&J, the PB&J, PB&J is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It is very cheap to make. You just need peanut butter and you need jelly or jam. Maybe there's a small difference there, but jelly is a little bit smoother. You can have grape jelly. You can have apple jelly. You can have strawberry jelly. I am a grape jelly man. My mom made me grape jelly and peanut butter sandwiches growing up. We never had the strawberry. We never had the apple jelly. So I am a grape jelly man. I like the grape. Pro tip, if you're ever wanting to make a peanut peanut butter and jelly or a PB&J, pro tip. This is from a guy who has eaten and I've made a lot of peanut butter jelly and sandwiches in my life. Here we go. Slather. I thought that might be a new verb for you. You can slather peanut butter on the bread. If you go to the beach, you can slather lotion on your body to protect yourself from the sun. Slather. Slather both sides of bread with peanut butter. If not, by lunch, your jelly will have bled through the bread. Thought that might be kind of hard to say. Pro tip, slather both sides of bread with peanut butter. If not, by lunch, your jelly will have bled through the bread. So you'll start to see the jelly coming through the bread. If you have grape jelly, your bread will be purple by lunch. Put peanut butter on both sides. Pro tip, I'm not just an English teacher. I'm a cook too. I don't just teach English lessons. 
You will learn how to cook on this channel. No, no, you won't. Please don't take my advice for cooking. But peanut butter and jelly, I can handle that. And the next one, pecans. Or are they pecans? Pecans, pecans. If you're in the northern part of the United States, you will probably hear this nut pronounced pecan. If you go to the south, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, those states, you will hear it pecan, 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 pecan. And um, pecans, that's the way I pronounce it, pecans are often made into pies and we often have these during the holidays pecan pie love it love it love it it's basically some crust some pecans and a lot of sugar a lot of sugar that is it that is it for the lesson on birds and nuts hope you've enjoyed hope you learned a little something constantine no it's not chef brent no, no, please no. I will make something else, I think, on the channel to learn some more cooking terms, but um, it was great to hear all of the people who have uh, made minimum or shashuka, and they gave me some tips. Next time, I'm going to add onions. Ooh, I learned in Turkey, adding onions to your minimum is like adding pineapples to your pizza. A lot of people are torn. Hey, onions, you need them. No, never put onions in minimum. So it's fun. It's fun. Hopefully everybody, yeah, we didn't learn about macadamia nuts. We didn't learn about Brazil nuts. We didn't learn about walnuts. I thought three nuts were enough. All right. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I hope everybody is safe and all that stuff. Thank you so much for watching. Today we are in the desert. I finally have my hydration. Please pretend you didn't see the shadow of my camera in that last dramatic shot when I was getting my first sip of Monster. But since we are in the desert, right there, lots of cactuses, um, don't tell anybody, but lots of houses just right over there. I thought today would be a great day to learn all of the English sayings and terms we use with rain because this place sees rain so rarely. And in this lesson, as you learn, we're actually going to go up there. Should be pretty cool. On the other side, there's a big hole in the mountain and we're going to be able to look out that hole. Uh oh, a, a dove is looking at my monster. Shoo.
yeah, water is so rare out here that even the birds are trying to get my monster. Look at him, he's looking. I hope he doesn't take my keys, but let's just see if he wants to take my monster. Everybody wants my monster. It's such a good drink. He's walking away now. The first term in English we use with rain that I would love to teach you is it's raining cats and dogs. I think almost every new learner to English learns this and it means when it's raining really hard out but guess what native English speakers we don't use that term anymore so be careful I think all English uh, native English speakers will know it's raining cats and dogs out means it's raining really hard but we might say something like "Ooh, it's really pouring out out there or it's really coming down out there, right? I think somebody has a remote control car up here distracting me from my teaching. Let's check it out. Yeah, you might hear the term RC car or remote control car. From his paint job, I can tell he's been in a couple wrecks, huh? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I didn't plan on teaching remote control car or RC car, but now you know. Now, the next one we do use is come rain or shine. So if you tell someone you're going to do something, come rain or shine, that means no matter what happens, you are going to get it done. For instance, say there's a party on Friday night. Your friend asks, hey, are you going to the party? You could say, hey, come rain or shine, I will be there. All right, we're getting close. Uh, the next one is rain on somebody's parade. We use this when someone gets some really good news and then another person like ruins the mood or makes that person feel bad for some reason. Let's say somebody just gets into the college of their dreams. They've been dreaming forever to get into college. Let's say it's Harvard. That's one of the best schools in the United States. And then when you tell your friend, maybe it's you, that, hey, I just got into Harvard, they might say, oh, super expensive, isn't it? you would be raining on that person's parade. They just got some good news, and then you tell them something bad. Do you know what a parade is? Um, it has floats and marching bands and possibly some dancers, maybe a famous politician of the city, and everybody goes down the street. Often there's music playing. It's a good time. But you can imagine if it has to get canceled because of rain, well, that's where rain on somebody's parade comes from. Ooh, it's getting a little windy. You could take a rain check. A rain check, it comes from 
going into stores and wanting to buy something on sale and maybe the store has run out of that item. They don't have it anymore. The store could issue you a rain check, meaning, okay, we don't have that item. Let's say it's a toaster. Maybe you want some morning breakfast. You're making some toast. And maybe it's on sale for $5. The store could say, we ran out. We don't have any more. But here's this piece of paper. It's a rain check. Come back in next week. When we have more toasters, you can get the sale price. In everyday English, we use take a rain check when you are invited somewhere, but you can't go. You want to go at a later date. Let's take a party, Friday night party. I hope you all are invited to parties. So let's say you're invited to a party on Friday night. You can't go, maybe you have to work. And you tell your friend, hey, can I take a rain check? It means I can't go this Friday, but the next time you ask me, I wanna go. I would love to go up to that mountain, but there is a big fence that prevents us from going up there. Let's see how far we can get because I have some more English to teach and that hole is just right up there. All right, the city of Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh no, it says area closed over there. Um, because this park allows people to walk on it, they are probably trying to protect the vegetation. Vegetation is another name for plant life. And this says trail healing revegetation site. Revegetation, vegetation, so the plants around here. Probably too many people have walked in this area, so they're probably trying to regrow some of the plants there, letting them heal, stop people from walking on them. So let's go, let's go back over to the, uh, to the area that's not closed. Can you, I think that's the city of Phoenix, way, way down there. Not sure if the camera is picking it up. All right, the next one. When it rains, it pours. So earlier in the lesson, I talked about pouring rain. It's like raining cats and dogs, but we don't use that term. Raining really hard. When it rains, it pours. It means when you get one piece of bad news, you will get a lot of bad news. A lot of bad things happening to you in about the same period of time. I'm gonna use a bad example. I hope this never happens to you. But let's say in one week, you get fired. You lose your job. Then your car breaks down. Then you get sick. That's three items of bad news. That's three bad things happening to you at once. So you could say, when it rains, it pours. What do you say we do the next one up in that hole? But I need to get up there first. And I've also heard you have to watch out for snakes up there and scorpions. Hopefully because it's winter, they're somewhere else, but I gotta be careful of that. Let's see if I can get up this rock. 
I don't see any snakes. Let's do it. <clears throat> oh, pretty cool. Now, I, I was more worried about getting up in here. I need to remember what the next one was. Oh, rain out. Look at this over here. All right, <clears throat> a rain out. Um, unfortunately, that is when you have something planned outside and it actually starts raining. So you can't do it. Uh, maybe somebody has a wedding planned for the spring and it's outside and there are no coverings overhead. Well, they would probably be rained out of their wedding. Unfortunately, you could have like a ball game rained out. Yeah. And sometimes we use the noun. It was a rain out. Hey, how was the game yesterday? Ah, it was a rain out. Too much rain. Now, how is my fat butt going to get down there? I might have to do that off camera. It's, it's easier to get up than to get down. I don't know. Let's try it. Because if I fall, that would be a good video too, right? I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to scoot on my butt. Do you know that verb, scoot? Well, I'm scooting down this rock on my butt. Oh, oh, my pants are all dirty. It could have been uh, from the beginning of the video. When I was crawling on the dirt for my monster. Yeah, this could end badly, especially with one hand. I just need to get my foot on that little ledge. Hang on, I might have to put the camera away or just have a really bad camera angle. Okay. Oh, I think we got it. Say hello to the dad shoes. The dad shoes will hopefully prevent me from falling. All right, we're gonna hop. <clears throat> hop down. Not easy to do for a, a 46 year old guy. I'll probably be feeling it tomorrow. That's a, that's a term you can use when you know you're going to be sore the next day. Let's say you had a hard workout. You might say, ooh, it's a good workout. I'm gonna feel it tomorrow. How about the plural for rain? We don't say, ooh, there's lots of rains out there. We might change it to raindrops. Whoa, those raindrops are big. There's a lot of raindrops out there. We'd probably just say it's really raining out there, but if you ever want to talk about the little bits of water, just call them raindrops. carved little steps out of the mountain for us. Oh look, Donnie B was here. We call that graffiti in English and uh, I wish people wouldn't do it. It ruined the natural beauty of this place. 
Yuck, I don't know what's worse. The graffiti or the wads of gum that people have stuck to the wall. It's pretty gross. Did you know that word? Wad, wad of gum? So gross. Uh, the next term I wanna teach you is deluge. Deluge. There's an L in it. You can see how it's spelled up there. But that just means a lot of rain. Like maybe even more than pouring. <clears throat> but you can use it for a lot of other things, like a deluge of bad news. Like when it rains, it pours. But if someone is having a deluge of bad news, it's just like a lot. It's really raining down on them. Ooh, some people are riding their bikes on these trails. That would be fun. But you know what? No lie, it is pretty dry in the desert and I could use some water right now. My throat is parched. Do you know that word, parched? Hey, the land out here is parched. It's really dry, so if you're really thirsty, you could say another way to say that is my throat is parched and the land out here in the desert, it's pretty parched as well. I hope you've liked this lesson from this beautiful spot in the desert. If you're looking for more English lessons and a deep dive on a word, I did the word warm, but I did it in a snowstorm. Doesn't make any sense, but check that video out if you want more English. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Today, I am in the town of Scottsdale, Arizona. We would call this an old-timey town, not a modern town. This is a town that's trying to look like it did a couple hundred years ago. So I thought, let's walk around this old-timey town, learn some English, maybe see some sights, just in case you ever want to visit Scottsdale, Arizona. First thing you might want to do when you get to Scottsdale is get a cup of coffee. So I saw a coffee shop just down here a little bit. Let's see if we can get a cup of coffee. Looks like there's a place called Yellow Spruce. Spruce is a type of tree and it looks like they serve gelato and coffee. So. Uh, Let's go try to order a cup of coffee. All right, yellow spruce roasters. It looks like they have hot, cold coffee, some gelato. Okay, if you're from Italy, maybe I should say it authentically. Gelato, gelato. All right, see, it's a little cold, so maybe we should get a hot coffee. Looks like they have small and medium, maybe? 12 ounce, 16 ounce? All right, so let's get a small hot chocolate. Switch it up. Uh, well, actually, that machine there, what would I have to order? Oh, that's an espresso machine. All right, so let's get an ex- Okay, let's do a mocha. Let's do a cafe mocha. 12 ounce Yes, please, 12 ounce. No, I think that'll do it. Okay, so 
camera right here. Get out the get out the wallet. Pay with the card. <laughs> oh, thanks. Just needs your signature. All right. In a place like this, where it takes some time to make the coffee, you should probably leave a little tip. That's what we do in the United States. We we leave a little tip for good work. What's your name? Ashley. Ashley. That's Ashley. So when you come to Yellow Spruce Roasters, ask for Ashley. I've heard she makes the best cafe mocha in Scottsdale. Is that true? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has said that at some point. No pressure, Ashley. <laughs> no pressure. You want to call that machine? Uh, well, the whole thing is an espresso machine, but this part is a steamer, so oh. it's a steaming wand. Steamer wand. So it's to make, it's to heat up the milk and also froth it, um, so it can have that nice velvety texture that's in lattes and stuff like that. Hi guys. Do you own Yellow Spruce Roasters? Uh, no, no, the guy who is in here um, oh, yeah. with the with the long hair and the yep. beard, he owns it. Oh, okay. He looks pretty busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Working on uh, all sorts of stuff and getting another uh, location oh, set up, actually. All right, so there'll be two locations of Yellow Spruce Roasters. Must mean they're doing really good business. What's that for you? All right. Thank you, Ashley. All right, let me put my card back in my wallet. And then let's go for a little walk. We'll grab our cafe mocha. All right, we'll see. Uh, see what else is uh, there to see in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wait, should I take a sip of this right now or is it too hot? See, maybe I'll burn my mouth. Like I said, even though I'm in Arizona, it is quite cool now. It's in between sweatshirt and t-shirt weather. When I'm in the shade, like I am now, well, I'm in the shade now. The sun isn't hitting me right now. It's a little cool. When I go out into the sun, it's a little warmer. So t-shirt weather when I'm out in the sun, sweatshirt weather when I'm in the shade. But take a look at this church over here. Pretty cool. And it looks like they're setting up for, I'm here on a Friday and it looks like something will be going on this weekend because they are setting up, English phrasal verb there for you, 
they're setting up for something this weekend. Guess what? It's really good coffee, but it's actually pretty hot. So I need to set it down so I don't burn my fingers. Ooh. Give my fingers a rest. I wonder if they have uh, sleeves for the cup. I could put a sleeve on that cup. I went back and got a sleeve for my coffee. Now I don't have to worry about burning my fingers. All right, it looks like there's a bar. No, a saloon. So that's an old timey word for a bar, like of the old west. And then this is called the Rusty Bar Saloon. And it looks like there's live music. Pretty cool. I'm not going to go in there right now. But I thought you'd like to see that. Still have my coffee. It might be a little too early in the morning to, to drink alcohol, so we'll stick with the coffee. There's also something in English called window shopping, and we're going to do a lot of window shopping today. Window shopping is when you don't have money to buy something, you just look at things through the window and uh, that's what we're gonna do right now. But you can see this is uh, maybe a country western store. They sell lots of clothing that we might call Old West clothing. A time period in the United States, maybe in like 1850, or before the year 1850, we would call that the Old West. Lots of boots, lots of spurs. That bar was uh, called the Rusty Spur. And a spur is what cowboys and cowgirls wear on their boots. At the bottom of their boot, on their heel, it's sharp and they will kick the horse to make it go faster. Probably pretty cruel, but uh, I think life as a cowboy or a cowgirl is pretty rough. And they have cowboy hats over here too. Made in the USA. And this store is called Shades of the West Silver. Cowboy wanted. That might mean they're looking for help. They're looking for people to work there. Oh, let's see a picture of a spur. That's a spur. All right, looks like back in 1921, that saloon was actually a bank. What else do we have here? Hey, the Arizona state flag.
And look at that, that's called Frontier Town. This looks like the real deal. This looks like some real old time stuff. But looks like a lot of the places might be closed. Psychic tarot readings. So you can go in there, pay some money, and a psychic could tell you your future. That's if you believe in that kind of stuff. Hey, uh, one thing you might see in a lot of US stores, on the outside they might have a sign that says no public restrooms. That means if you want to use the bathroom in that store or that restaurant, you have to buy something. All right, these postcards, one quarter. So what do you say? I buy this postcard, leave in the comments section something that says, I want a postcard. Just mention postcard, and then I will draw a winner on a later live lesson. How about that? What do you say we go into a place called Mexican imports? So if something is an import, it means it was brought into the United States from a different country. This country happens to be Mexico. We're not too far from the Mexican border. Let's go inside and see what they have. That's my favorite section of any store, the candy section. So that please ask for assistance, it means don't grab any of that stuff yourself. Ask someone who works here at the store. You break, you pay. That means if you were touching it and you broke it, you have to buy it now. You have to pay for it. So be very careful when you're in a store with breakable things. Things that are easily broken, we call them breakable. A lot of 
customers in the store. Hello, sure. Yeah. I don't dare touch anything. I don't want to break it and have to pay for it. Remember, we're just window shopping today. We might call those koozies. You can put those on a can or a bottle and it will keep your drink cold. These are coasters. If you hear something called a coaster, you can put it down on a table and then put your drink on top of that and it won't leave wet marks on the table. Right. I think we're just about out of here. No, it's okay. Oh, fairly busy store, but I need to go grab my coffee over here. I stuck it in the ashtray. <laughs> it was the only flat space around here. This is good coffee. I hope nobody spit in it while I was in the store. All right, let's walk down this street and see what else we can see. They have a Zoltar. If you've ever seen the movie Big, you might recognize that machine. T-shirt special, $10 for a Scottsdale, Arizona T-shirt. All right, let's see what else we can see down here. Ooh, Zoltar is talking. If I had some money, I would buy my fortune from Zoltar, but I don't have any cash. I don't have any cash. A lot of stores in a touristy town, we would call this a touristy town. That's where a lot of tourists go. Well, a lot of the stores will sell the same items, but. So there are a lot of jewelry stores, a lot of uh, stores like we went into with the Mexican imports. Oh. So that's a place that will not let you go to the bathroom in that store, but they told you where you can find the public bathrooms.
Looks like a nice restaurant here. I think it's called The Grapevine. Look at this. This looks like a really old sign. Probably for an old payphone that no longer exists. Yeah, 25 cents to make a call. Yeah, no more payphones around here. Yeah, lots and lots of jewelry stores I found. That store looks a little too expensive for my taste. Looks like you had to have a lot of money to go into that store. Yeah, lots and lots of jewelry stores. I don't wear any jewelry. I have only one piece of jewelry and that's my wedding ring. But if you like jewelry and you're lots and lots of jewelry stores but if you're visiting scottsdale and you like jewelry i think you're going to be very happy look at this thing it looks like that skull i think it's a buffalo skull it would cost you forty dollars That's not bad, $6 for this blanket. I would almost buy it, but I have to fly back home and I don't think I would have any room for this blanket. Looks like there's a restaurant here. I just saw some people I know. They have dollars all over the wall. It looks like you can uh, pay a dollar to leave a message on the wall. You might wanna rewind that back and uh, look at some of the messages because I don't wanna talk about <laughs> what some of those dollar bills said, but you can rewind and uh, figure it out for yourself. Th this is a family channel. We're not gonna talk about some of those dollar bill messages. Good time tattoo. Should I get a tattoo so we remember our trip to Arizona? Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm not a tattoo guy, but if you are a tattoo guy or tattoo girl, looks like you're in luck. All right, the tattoo artist, his name is Glenn. He said we could film in there. So if you're ever in Scottsdale and you wanna get a uh, tattoo, Come see Glenn at Good Time Tattoo. Those are the hours. Don't come on Monday and Tuesday. Glenn is closed, but 12 to nine, the other days, he's open.
So, $100 minimum. That means no matter how small the tattoo is, it's at least $100. Smells good in here. There's some incense burning. And there's some music playing that uh, will probably get me demonetized, but we'll, we'll block that out. get that tattoo on my back to show how much I love the United States. We'll do it next time. All right, I wonder how much that tattoo, I'll go ask him off camera and then I'll come back out and tell you how much would that tattoo cost if I wanted that American tattoo on my back. All right, Glenn has agreed to be on camera and talk about the process. If I wanted this on my back, I won't, but if I wanted this on my back, maybe you do, to show how much you love America, he's gonna tell us. All right, so a piece like this, I would say with all the color and everything, you're gonna be looking somewhere around five hours worth of work, so the way we do it here, it's 150 an hour. So if you did five hours of work, that's 750. You could always split that up into sessions. So you could do the outline and all the black shading and then come back in a couple weeks and do all the color. Helps kind of break it up for pain wise and money. Um, so that's kind of gives you a couple options there as far as how to, how to do that. All right, man. Thanks so much, Glenn. Oh. So come see Glenn at Good Time Tattoo. You want a tattoo? That's not bad. So we're looking at $750 or something like that yeah. for a piece of art that will last you the rest of your life. Forever. It's a pretty small price to pay. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right. We're getting to some modern chains, uh, Haagen-Dazs and Jersey Mike's. Let's end it here. Hope you learned some good English. Hope you saw a little bit of Scottsdale, Arizona. If you're looking for more English, take a look right up there. I did an English lesson at the Grand Canyon. Thanks for watching. See you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my goodness, what do you know? It looks like we're live. I think we're live. So if this is your first time here, my name is Brent. This is Speak English with this guy. I changed the name. I changed the name. So when I first started the channel, it was Learn American English with this guy. Pretty long. American English with this guy, 
kind of long. So now it's speak English with this guy because I thought, what do people want to do most when learning English? Write English with this guy? I mean, it's good. Writing English is good, but that's not the ultimate goal. Listen to English with this guy. Not quite. Speak. I think most people, when learning English, want to speak. So that's the new name of the channel. If you look in the bottom, there is something scrolling across the screen. I do want to uh, give a postcard away from Maine. So just write in the chat somewhere there. I want a postcard or postcard and you will be entered into the drawing at the end of the stream. So let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, who's here this morning? Yulia. Hope you're doing well in Russia. Maria. Argentina. Welcome. Audi. How are you, my friend? Fatima. That's very nice. Fatima is from Brazil. And she says she watches my lessons every morning. That is super nice. All right. And Law says, long time no see. Yeah, it's been a little while, hasn't it? It's been so long that uh, I might be a little rusty. You can use this sentence anytime, excuse me, anytime you did something, but then you stopped doing it and you might not be as good as you once was. So I used to go live every week. I was in a routine, but I got sick. I went on a trip. I got busy. It's been about a month, I think, since I've been live. So I might be a little rusty. If you stop studying English for a couple weeks or a couple months, and then you start back, you might say, ooh, I might be a little rusty those first couple days of studying. I need to get back on the horse. That's another way you can say you need to start up again. You need to start doing that thing again. Maybe you were working out. You were getting in shape. And then you took a break. You might tell yourself, oof, I need to get back on the horse. I need to go back to the gym. Hope you're working out. Hope everyone's feeling great out there. Chef Ket, my friend in Turkey. Hope you're doing well, Jake. Look at this. Sam the Taiwanese is here. Welcome, Audie. I have a feeling that you will be entered into the drawing. We have two people entered into the drawing. And Adi, you're there. You're there. All right. Takamasa, how are you? Thanks for being a channel member. Look at this. Yeah, we have another horse thing. So I said I need to get back on the horse again. And if you notice, my voice 
isn't 100%. I had the old C19 over two weeks ago, but still sometimes in the morning, I have the sniffles. Sometimes my voice doesn't want to work, but I'm trying to get back in the saddle. Trying to do a live stream here today. Hope everyone's doing well. Okay. How are you? Turkey is definitely in the house. Yulia. Yulia. You are entered. You are entered. Yawin. So good to see you here. Good to see you here. Another thing I'd like to teach you today is uh, this saying, there's been no happy medium. <clears throat> so I've been either in bed or on the go. So on the go is another way to say you've been really busy. So I've been either in bed or on the go. There's been no happy medium. There's been one extreme to the other. I got C-19. I was in bed. Pretty sick. And then, <coughs> excuse me, six days later, I left to go out west for a trip to Arizona. Made lots of videos out there. So six or seven videos to come. English lessons out in Arizona. One released earlier this week. Me flying, me getting into a car, the taxi to the hotel. Yeah, so, um, oh, thank you, Mary Posa. So, oh, thank you. I didn't see the sexy part. Thank you. But uh, yeah, my voice is uh, definitely, uh, I thought you said raspy. Maybe I should, maybe I should get my glasses on. <laughs> I thought you said raspy and lovely, lovely and raspy. All right, Constantine. You are entered. You are entered. All right. <clears throat> Hello from Russia, Brent. I'm going to be a Russian language teacher for English-speaking people. Now I'm a first-year student in Russia. I love your videos. Well, thank you so much. Kaktila. Kaktila. Miazavut Brent. Miazavut Brent. Harasho. There was a friend of mine, Vladimir from Russia, he's from Moscow, on the trip to Arizona. So I practiced my Russian on him. Dobry utra. Dobry dien. Dobry dien. I hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, Freddie Wolf says, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I got the, I got the C word. But uh, I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. All right. Hey, Henry, China's in the house. <clears throat> so please uh, get your questions ready and I will answer them. Looking for questions now, but I just see, look at Daniel. Daniel, been checking uh, Daniel out on Instagram. Looks like he's taking lots of photos. Doing well, my friend, doing well. <clears throat> hey Brian. Yeah, so so if there are no questions, I am just going to keep rambling on. 
rambling on, that means just talking, rambling on. You may have that friend who just never shuts up. They just keep rambling on. Okay, finish the story. Finish the story. We all have friends like that, right? Brazil is in the house. Ah, Arashó. Arashó. Yeah, my friend taught me that. I was saying it the wrong way before. So, Arashó. Arashó. LF. Good question here. I can. I can. Hey, Brent. Can you pronounce breath? Breathe is hard, too. Breath and breadth. So what's the difference between the two? Breath, you probably know that, right? I am breathing right now. I'm taking in a deep breath. But breadth, it's almost like width. It's another one, wide. So the breadth of a story, like how wide is that story? How much detail is in that story? The breadth of a story. And then we have with and width, width. So breadth and width are very close. Width comes from wide. So I, I drive a pretty small car because I'm not a very good driver. But on my trip, my friend, Jeff, rented a very big car and it was very wide. And there were some times during the trip where we went to the Grand Canyon and the roads were pretty narrow. We didn't know if we would have enough width to get by width. It's a great question. So one more time, breath, breath, breath. There's like a little D sound in the middle there, breath, width, width. The width of something is how wide it is. All right, it looks like we got some questions coming in. Cardo, greetings, greetings. Oh, hey. Maria, are you going to come on camera? That's a good question. Maria is a channel member. Uh, We DM'd each other last night, and I thought she was going to come on camera to ask that question. So I will wait. But, you know, if you don't want to come on camera, I know it's uh, it's tough. Uh, Silver members were invited to come on camera, but I know it's hard. It's a different language. Maria's been on before, though. She's very good. English is very good. No way, Law. Law, I literally explained this to one of my students in the classroom this week, probably Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. We discussed this. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't have a cough button. Uh, My microphone My microphone is giving me fritz or giving me fits. My microphone is giving me fits. 
So I'm not using it today. There's a little preview of Maria's question. So I don't have a cough button and I don't have a swallow button. So you might hear me swallow. Broken clock is right at least twice a day. So let's say, what's the time, what time is it now? <clears throat> it's 9.30 where I live. So let's say the clock stopped right now. So tonight at 9.30, for one minute, it will be correct. Tomorrow morning at 9.30 again, that clock will be correct. So a lot of times when somebody gets something wrong in English or, or whatever, it could be in English, but it, when we speak English, somebody gets something wrong, we just, we just tell them to make them feel better. Like, well, a broken clock is right at least twice a day. So you know, try to make them feel a little better that they got something wrong. So looks like Maria is coming on. Actually, it's a great question. Fits fits. I got that. Maria, you ready? Yeah. Oh, she is. All right, Maria, come on, Maria. Uh, let me bring up your question here so people can uh, see it <clears throat> and then we'll bring Maria. Oh, actually, let me find it. Maria is going to come on and then she can introduce herself and then we'll answer her question. How about that? All right, Maria. Hello. How are you? I don't I, have headphones, so hopefully. Uh, so today we are not having problems because last time we had these technical issues with your uh, air earphones, no AirPods, and your yeah. microphone too. It yeah. was a mess. So well, the question first, or shall I introduce again? <laughs> you you do whatever you want. Oh uh, no, I think. Uh, people know me, so maybe I should ask the question. Okay. 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 So my question was, um, I told you that on Discord uh, that I hope we wouldn't have these problems. And you told me, uh, yeah, but the, uh, they are giving me the fits, though. And I, I checked it up in the dictionary and I couldn't find it. Really, I couldn't find it. Okay. So yeah. this is advanced English right here. And I cannot yeah. find your question. What the heck? Well, that right. is that one. Uh, uh, to put it on the screen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Look at this. Okay, Maria. Uh, yeah, that one. Yeah. It's always good. And, and I know Maria is a teacher. She's a translator. Oh, no. Not a teacher and not yet a translator. I'm studying to be a translator, but not yet. Not, not a teacher. No. But you're good. You're very good. Well, so, thank you. One day, Maria will be a translator. So, you know, it's always good to, to see it and hear it. I think people learn best that way. Yeah. So when we say something is giving us fits in English, it's giving us trouble. Uh, for instance, this is true. This is true. Yesterday when I was driving, my check engine light came on. Yeah. On my car, it says check engine, like, oh, that could be very expensive. <laughs> it's still working well, uh -huh. but I worry, like, my car might start giving me fits. It, it means it's not working properly. So it, it may it. fail. It may fail. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now, have you uh -huh. ever heard the term hissy fit? 
No, never. Okay. So sometimes children, when they don't get their way, they could throw a tantrum. Have you heard that? No. Okay. So let off new words. <laughs> and I bet if you, and because you're a very good English learner, I bet if you don't know it, a lot of people in the chat don't. Yeah. So maybe I don't know how it is spelled. Uh, that's why. Could mm. you spell it? Probably not. I'm the worst speller. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna try. How was the, what? Which was the word? Tantrum. Tantrum. Yeah. I'm gonna write it on the screen here. Uh -huh. Tantrum. All right. Uh-huh. No, so, I've never seen it before. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. So when somebody gets really mad, mm -hmm. it's it's usually a child, they can throw a tantrum. So uh -huh. you might see them laying on the floor, pounding uh, yeah. as if they were angry. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I understand the meaning. Mm -hmm. You go into the store, they want a candy bar, you uh, say no. Yeah. <laughs> They could throw a tantrum yeah. or they could throw a hissy fit. Um, a okay. hissy fit. So hissy. people can, let's see, I think I can spell hissy fit. So <clears throat> right there. So uh -huh. a hissy fit. Yeah. Both of those. So when anything is acting up, when it's not working right, yeah. having it's giving me fits. Giving me fits. Okay. I don't know why I didn't find it in the dictionary. Uh, is it slang or not? I think it might be slang, but ah, I, well, think, maybe that's why. I think most people in the U.S. will use it. I don't think it's yeah. just a regional thing for me. Yeah, but the thing is, sometimes you don't. You usually find all the expressions in the dictionaries. I use I use uh, Longman and Oxford dictionaries. I have all of them, uh, but sometimes there are some specific vocabulary and phrases that are maybe in the urban dictionary that is a famous one too yeah, yeah. be careful i've learned a yeah, lot no, I don't. it's not I've so reliable that one yeah. <laughs> i've learned a lot on urban dictionary too much uh, <laughs> yeah but it's only slang uh, yes. that dictionary yeah right yeah. and i would never want to teach anything on this channel that other americans you know, like wouldn't know. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think it's okay if you use that in the United States, people will know. Yeah. They'll probably think you're a native. Like, whoa, she said hissy fit. <laughs> she says, well, Give me fits. I have something interesting. It's related to vocabulary in general. Uh, but um, in English for non-native speakers of English, uh, it's what it's most difficult. It's words or yeah, words, phrases, verbs in general uh, that are not um, like the equivalents to Latin words. Uh, so you generally you have in English these uh, short verbs like get, go, uh, set, or whatever with a preposition uh, that maybe we have, you have an equivalent uh, more similar to the Latin words that in Spanish, French, Portuguese, Italian, we have, so for us it's more, uh, maybe it's simpler to use those, but my que another question here, um, in general, when, when you use those Latin, like, uh, how, how would you say, Latin-rooted words, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's more formal or you use them 
uh, in the same way, or it's not so common to use those like counterparts. So maybe you could you can use uh, uh, the phrasal verb, but you also have um, one of these Latin, more Latin words that mean the same, but you English people, at least in America, yeah. um, do you use them? Uh, maybe not so frequently as the other ones, as phrasal verbs, or or if it depends, maybe in the con on the context or. Yeah, so I think a lot of like non-English speakers are afraid hmm. of the formal situations and the informal situations. But I will tell you that the formal situations in the United States are getting smaller and smaller. So most jobs that people will have, even when they're speaking when the, with their boss, it can be pretty informal. And this yeah. has changed quite a bit in mm. the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah. So, which is why I try not to teach too many formal uh, yeah. phrases and terms. Yeah. Now, a job interview yeah. may be a little bit different. Yeah. But if you come in to a job interview with an accent, you're going to you're it's okay if you're using phrasal verbs, even with me. Sometimes yeah. if I went to a job interview to mm -hmm. make everybody feel a little more comfortable, might tell a joke, make them laugh. Yeah. Some people like to see that too. So Yeah, of course. But um but are they these words, these Latin words more formal or not? Or it's just an idea uh, no. I have. They're usually more formal, for sure. Uh, uh. So doctors, lawyers, psychiatrists. Yeah. They will often take Latin. Mm -hmm. So because so much, we call it jargon. Jargon yeah. is the uh, vocabulary that an occupation will use. Yeah. So a lot of their jargon is Latin-based. Yeah, it's like more specialized, more technical, maybe. Exactly. Uh, you, you find those, uh, especially in medicine or even in law, in legal, uh, yeah. English too. More, Absolutely. yeah, like so, they're more, more specific, more um, uh, specific to one area of, of science in a way, right? 100%. Yep, that's exactly what that is. And yeah. so, for us, you know, English, uh, Spanish, French, Italian, mm. the harder the word gets, mm. it's usually easier for us because yeah. we have those Latin roots in common. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't happen in German. <laughs> German right. is like different because I learn, I'm learning German. Right. Uh, it's so different. But now I understand learning German, uh, how difficult it is for English people to uh, learn Spanish. Because in Spanish, of course, in French, in Italian too, uh, we have those, uh, well, uh, genre that in English you don't have, genre right. which makes things uh, more complicated. And then right. uh, we have all these conjugations of the verb, uh, declination. I, I'm not sure if declination is a word. Well, maybe it's a false friend in Spanish, um, but it's very difficult. And that, so now I get it when, when I listen to someone uh, from England or America or some English speaker trying to conjugate verbs in Spanish. And, and now I understand them <laughs> because it's yeah. very difficult. And so um, it's arbitrary. So genre It's arbitrary. So for maybe for a German person, uh, maybe the, a glass 
is feminine, I'm inventing now, yeah, and yeah. for us it's masculine. So uh, you have to learn it by heart because uh, you have to memorize that. Right. Uh, it's not logical. So it's very difficult. So English in that sense is very easy. So we should always think, that, th think about that um, when learning English. It's not so difficult. Maybe there are other things, other uh, factors or characteristics that are difficult. Yeah, right. like pronunciation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, Maria, yeah. thank you so much for You're joining. Welcome. It's You're always welcome. a pleasure. Always yeah. a pleasure. Same. Well, we continue. I will continue in the chat. Okay. Thank you Bye, so much everyone. for joining. Bye-bye. <laughs> Adios. All right. That was great to have Maria. She, if you heard her speaking, she knows so much about the English language. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not that good. I mean, she is as good as a teacher. She's very good. Always fun. Always fun to talk to Maria. She's so good on camera. Maybe she should start a YouTube channel. She's very good. All right, I'm going to go back. I know there are lots of questions. Lots of questions. Yeah, Ario, Ario. I, I know, I missed I missed a lot. I'm going to try to get back to it. Hey, Arone. Arone is here. Welcome, welcome. Uh, there are some, Sam, I have asked Sam to come on camera before. And he already has said, too camera shy. That's okay, Sam. It's always great to talk to Sam, too. All right, let me, let me look. I think I, missed, I think I missed some questions. We got LF's question. We got Maria's question. Everybody got to meet Maria. She is from Argentina. Freddie Wolf, I'm going to release another one on Tuesday. We got that. Uh, and I think... I think the Grand Canyon video will be next week, Friday, next Friday. So, Audie, yeah, I think it's going to be next Friday. I'm putting the finishing touches on that video. So, in English, when you're trying to get something ready and it's almost ready, you can say, I'm putting the finishing touches on it. All right. Um, Brian. What's going on? I think Brian is from Brazil, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's another common saying. It's like, I think I'm right, but correct me if I'm wrong. He says, what does it mean to be on the radar? On the radar. Good question. We use this all the time. I use this as a teacher at my school all the time. It means when you're thinking about it. When you put a special little place in your brain to remember. So let's say a student of mine was struggling. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe they fell asleep in class. Like one day, everybody's tired. So maybe that student was tired. But if they start falling asleep more often... I might put them on my radar. Like I might put it in the back of my mind. I might think about calling home, checking in with the parents to see if everything is okay. So if you're very busy at work and you need to do something, but you can't do it right away, 
you might say, oh, it's on my radar. I might have to do it tomorrow. But uh, radar is a way to track airplanes, or at one time it was. So it just means to, to pay special attention to something. It's, it's on my radar. Hey, um, my wife might ask me, uh, hey, have you, have you paid the power bill? She pays, she pays the bills, but uh, no, uh, it's on my radar. Um, I'll write a check tomorrow. So it just means you're thinking about it. Good question. Good question. Ah, Elena. Um, uh, how, how do you say? Uh, spasiba? Spasiba. Spasiba Bakshoy. Thank you very much. Is that it? Is that it? Hiroki. Long time no see. It is. Somebody's moving furniture upstairs. All right. Ah, depths. Yes. Very similar to breadth, width, depth, depth. So somebody could be a deep person. They might be very smart. They might be a deep thinker, we say. There's a lot of depth to them. Very intelligent. They think outside of the box. Those are some really common English terms there. But you might talk about water. Like, oh, what's the depth of that water? How deep is that water? What's the depth of that water? It's just the noun form of deep. So we can describe something as deep with the adjective, or we could say, what is the depth? Not easy to say, depth. Mary Posa, could you produce some English words which have their origins in French, please. I always have a problem with them since I speak French. Well, there are so many. Um, we get a lot from the French because that's a Latin-based um, language. So back in the year 1066, the French invaded England. So they, the French language has had a major impact on English. Um, the first one that comes to mind uh, is uh, ped, ped. So in English, uh, ped in French, you know, it's very close to foot, right? Ped. So we have a pedal on a bike, you use it with your foot, a pedal on a car, a pedestrian is somebody who walks. Um, Jamie Watson's in the house. Jamie Watson, my wife, she is the one that pays the bills. All right. Expect. Um, this has something to do with watching. So a spectator watches things and uh, you, could wear, uh, you could wear glasses or you could wear spectacles. That's an old um, name for glasses, spectacles. So a lot of our Latin and Greek roots, the Latin ones, it's actually from the French, which is why I encourage everyone 
study your Latin and Greek roots. I do that with my own students because it helps you identify words you have never seen before. It gives you a clue. All right, I am going back up. Yeah, tantrum, I'm way behind. Um, way behind. Thank you. People were um, helping me with my spelling. Thank you, Constantine. Uh, Thank you. Looks like Rod stopped in. How are you, Rod? Hissy fit. New term. Ario, glad I could help out. All right. Jake, good question. What's the difference between legit and legitimate? Nothing. Nothing. Both mean they are real, like the real thing. Um, Let's see. uh, I'll just take my AirPods, for example. They are made by Apple. They are not copies. They're, They're legitimate. They are legit. A lot of times... In regular English, we will say legit. Um, Also, if something is good. Now, I had some great tacos when I went out to Arizona. And I might tell my friend, oh my gosh, you got to try this taco place. It's legit. So it means like it's the real thing. It's really good. I wouldn't say legitimate there. Just talking to my friend, but um, maybe if like we're talking about diamonds, like, oh, those are legitimate diamonds. They are the real thing. So most people use legit today. Legit. Audie. Oh, Audie. Um, I don't know if I can do it now, but Audie, how can I talk with you like Maria? Yeah, Audie, um, Silver members, there was a, a tab, the members tab, and it said DM me on Discord. So if you are a channel member, there's a link if you want to join. We have a Discord, and we speak there every so often, almost daily, um, chatting, and I, I might be able to share it with you, Audie. Let's see if I can. Hope I can. I think I, sh- I think I should be able to. Copy, copy link. Um, I think we've talked before. Just send me a DM on uh, Discord. Send me a DM on Discord. And I will get you, it doesn't look like we've chatted with DM, but Audie, if you want to come on camera, send me a DM on Discord. I would love to talk with you. Love to talk with you. All right. Looking through the chat here. All right. Freddie Wolf from France. When you buy a shirt, we say, that fits you. So why that gives you fits will be a bad thing, Freddie. That is a great question. It just shows you how weird English is. I did that um, lesson 
a couple weeks ago. It's just some like crazy, crazy things like this. The farm was built to produce produce. Same exact spelling, different pronunciation. I mean, that's just mean. That's just mean to everyone trying to learn English. So, Freddie, sometimes you just got to throw your arms up in the air. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so if something fits, that's a good thing. Uh, you might also hear that suits you. It means the same thing. So let's go with what Freddie was saying. And if somebody is wearing a shirt, say, oh, that really fits. That really fits you. It means it's like the right size. Or you could say, oh, that really suits you. Like it looks good on you. That suits you. Aaron, hopefully that helps. That helps. My man, Aroni. Aroni. I believe Aroni is coming to see me this summer. I got a text from him yesterday afternoon. Let me respond right now. Uh, he is coming to visit. Maybe he will be on camera this summer and we can say hi together. But I believe he is coming to Maine. Also, if you want a postcard from Maine, just put postcard in the chat and I will give away a postcard. We have only four entries so far. So if you would like a postcard, put postcard in the chat. I will pick a winner and I will send it out to you this week. You can get a postcard from the state of Maine. That is Portland Headlight. I have actually done an English lesson from Portland Headlight. All right, I'm on. Amon. Welcome. Amon is currently the longest channel member without interruption i think right i'm on i think um there have been a lot of people amina I, I can't say them because i will forget that have been channel members for 20 months so it's been almost two years that we've had channel members on this channel and i think amon has been the longest one i don't know oh no that's the only, that's the only uh, Deutsch that I know. That's the only German that I know. All right. Oh, Brian, I'm sorry. Not Brazilian. German? German? But you know what? Felipe is Brazilian. Brazil is in the house. Look at it. Maria. Oh, oh. I thought she was talking about her English at a basic level. Her her level is, would we, I don't know, advanced? I would say the way that she can carry on a conversation on camera, I would say advanced. Look at this. Pedicure. Pedicure. I do want to do an English lesson where we visit a spa and we get a pedicure. 
Jamie, and myself. We get our toes done. We get a manicure. Man. A lot of times when you see like uh, Manny, that means hand. So a manicure, if you manipulate something, it's usually moving like really small parts. Like I can manipulate this down. That's okay, Hiroki. That's great. German. Ich bin ein. That's all I know. Ich bin ein. All right. Another slang term. It's amazing. Dope. Lit. Fire. That is true. That is true. Thank you. All right. Let's see. Yeah, Freddie. Freddie. Yeah, if something is really if something is really good, you could say that's genius. Now, I wouldn't say that about my tacos. I wouldn't say that. Maybe the person who made my tacos, I could say, oh man, that was genius. You did it so well. But if I was talking to my friend about some really good tacos, I could say, oh, they hang on. Oh, they were dope. They were fire. They were lit. They were legit. So genius is usually when somebody does something very smart. Oh, man, that's genius. That is genius. Yeah. Well, Gabrielle, welcome. I haven't done a live lesson in, uh, in a little bit, so... What is it? Oh, Philippe. Look at this. Yeah. So Aaron did a great job of answering that one. Jake, long time no see. Oh, we did this one, right? We did it. Let me skip down. Let's find some more. Yawin entered for the postcard. Jake entered for the postcard. And I will draw that postcard in about 15 minutes. What do you say? 15 minutes? What do you say? You can use that in English when you're making sure the person understands what you're saying. You can say, hey, what do you say? Let's say we're going to the movies at seven. And if I'm trying to make plans with someone, I could say, uh, let's go to the movies at seven. What do you say? It's just another way to ask that person, do you understand what I'm saying? Are, are, are we okay with this? What do you say? What do you say? Oh, some more postcards. Shavket, Shavket. We gotcha, we gotcha. How many? Five entries. I think there's more than five, right? All right. All right, here's another one from LF. You're excused. Does that mean in a sarcastic way? Sometimes it sounds rude. Um, I guess it depends on the situation. Um, I also talked about sarcasm with my students. So let's talk about sarcasm. Just in case you don't know what that is in English, 
I bet you have it in your language. But it means when you're saying the exact opposite of what you mean. For example, let's go back to that shirt that fits somebody really well. Well, maybe you think it's an ugly shirt. So sarcasm is usually mean. You could say, nice shirt. So there's there's a difference with the tone in that, like nice shirt. Um, my hair, my hair is horrible. I'm losing my hair. I'm going bald. And maybe, please don't say this. This would hurt my feelings. But if you said in the chat, Brent, nice hair. Like, I know. I, I can see myself in the camera. I am going bald. Yes, my forehead is getting a little bigger every day. You don't need to tell me. Nice hair. So that's sarcasm. You're excused. Um, it just depends on the situation. If someone is excused, they don't have to participate in something. So Jamie, my wife, she teaches what we call PE or gym. Her classroom is a basketball court. Well, maybe one of her students hurt their leg. She might tell that person, oh, you're excused for the day. You know, that wouldn't be sarcastic. That would be, that would be honest. So hope that helps, LF. Hope that helps. Yeah, suit is a tricky word. Yeah, hey, suit you. Now, suit yourself is often rude. Jamie, my wife, I will use her as an example. And maybe I made tacos. I'm really craving tacos right now. But maybe I surprised her by making tacos. And when she comes home, she says, eh, I don't feel like, I don't feel like eating tacos. Now, she would never say that because she likes tacos as much as I do. But maybe she comes home after I made tacos. She says, nah, I'm going to eat something else. I could say, suit yourself. I'll eat them all. Suit yourself. It means like, do what you want to do. I don't care. You do you, we sometimes say. That's not always rude. Suit yourself, though, I think is always rude. I think. Suit yourself. Hey, Arone, I promise we are going to visit this. If you come up to Maine, we will visit Portland Headlight. It's good. We will get some tacos in Portland. How about that? And we will get some amazing Italian food at this little restaurant called the Olive Garden. Serves the best Italian food in the world. The Olive Garden. <laughs> they, all of their stuff comes to the restaurant frozen. And then they put it in a microwave. And they serve it. I mean, authentic Italian, right? All right. Uh, Yawin. 
Hey, thanks for being a channel member. Excuse me, Yawen. I'm just checking to see if Audi has DM'd me. No, Audi, I don't see you. Maybe next time. I'll keep checking though. I'll keep checking. So if somebody threads the needle, threads the needle, that means there is a very tight space to get something done. So we often use this in football when a quarterback is throwing the ball and there's a small space to throw the ball, we could say they thread the needle. Let's say there is a parking spot and there is a big car, small parking spot. If they got that car in that small parking spot, we could say they thread the needle. And it comes from sewing. So there's a, there, ooh, can I pull up a picture? I might be able to. Um, eye of a needle. Uh, okay. It comes from this, and I do think I can share this. We can get a picture. It's always easier when you have a picture, right? So thread the needle. If you look, I think I'm sharing it. Yeah. If you look at this right here, that's the eye of the needle. And it's such a small space to get that piece of thread, piece of thread through. So I don't think this would be, like here's a woman and she is trying to fit through there. Yeah, we might say that she um, thread the needle there, maybe. But that's the eye of the needle and that is the thread. What is this? I don't think a camel could thread the needle there. That, I don't know. Let me get rid of that. I don't even know what that's about. A camel? Okay. Get rid of that. I hope that helps, Yawen. Thread the needle. Small space right there. Let me take a drink while I look for some more. That's very polite. That is uh, something you might want to learn. Oh, the pleasure is mine. So when you meet someone, uh, and I know an Italian, so if you are an Italian speaker, you have something, uh, what is it? Something like that? Uh, the pleasure is mine. When you meet someone, oh, pleased to meet you. You could say, oh, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. So it's just, it's a very nice thing to say, Hiroki. Nicely done. Oh, and it's a pleasure to be here. Very polite. Costa Rica. Mm. So my wife and I, we have a credit card with Southwest Airlines. And they fly all over the United States. I was able to fly to Arizona for free. I have my credit card. I pay for things. I earn points for flights. 
Well, guess what? That airline, it flies to Costa Rica. My brother and his wife, my sister-in-law, they have been to Costa Rica two times. And they said, it's lovely. I would love to go to Costa Rica one day. Postcard. Entered. Postcard. Hey, I'm on. I'm on. Thank you so much. Hey, got a little something for you. That's very kind of you. Where is it here? Thank you for the super chat. Oh, thank you so much for the super chat. Yeah, I'm on. Ask away. Ask away. Join us on Discord tomorrow. There will be a members chat. Where is it here? And um, on Discord, we do have, we do have a, can you see that? Maybe not. Uh, We do have a lot of different categories on Discord, but one is uh, ask your questions. So yeah, American English with this guy. Yeah, ask, ask your questions. Anya's in there. Sita's in there. Luke is in there. Cecilia's in there. All right. Thank you so much, Iman. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Maria. Yeah. Aroni and I go back. We go back a few years. We go back. I've known Aroni longer than I have had a YouTube channel. In fact, Aroni told me about Bob the Canadian. And I started watching Bob the Canadian. And I said, you know what? That looks like fun. I'm an English teacher. I could probably do something like that. Now, Bob the Canadian is the man. One day, I hope to be as good as Bob the Canadian. But he is the man. The man. When someone is really good, you can say they are the man. They don't have to be a man. It helps. But you could say that about a woman too. Oh, she's the man. You could. You could. Oh, no. So, so, Freddie Wolf from France. Pay attention. You need to say... Yeah, I think what I was trying to say is that I am a donut or something like that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think anybody would get that joke. But yeah, there's a famous American president, JFK, and he went to the wall and he said something really wrong. So I was trying to say the same wrong thing, like ich bin ein Billionaire. And I think that means I'm a donut. Is that is that any Mary Posa? Anybody who speaks uh German, let me know. Wait, Freddie Wolf became a member. You have been a member, haven't you? Where are you? Freddie Wolf. Well, Freddie Wolf, new member. Got a little something for you here. New member. Make sure you check the members tab for the Discord, the members chat, and the bonus videos. All right, Freddie Wolf. Glad to have you. Uh, Yeah, make sure you check the members tab after the live stream. 
I will put a link to the Discord server. Happy to see you in there. Yeah, we talk about weather. We talk about everything in there. Weather, books, music, pretty much anything you want. Pretty much anything you want. Yeah. All right. Couple more minutes here. Take the last few questions. All right. Question about thread the needle. Thread the needle. Uh, is it used in a figurative way? For instance, yes. When a soccer player puts the ball in the back of the net from a narrow angle, well said. Yes. We would say that that player threaded the needle. Threaded the needle. Oh, yeah. It's Mary Posa. When I say, ich bin ein Berliner, does that mean I'm a donut? Ich bin ein Berliner. Ich bin ein. Ich bin ein. It's, it's fun to speak German. Ich bin ein. Freddie Wolf. Welcome. Uh, let's talk about figurative and literal. Since we actually just talked about legitimate, the words are very close. They're very similar. If something is figurative, it doesn't mean it's actually happening. All of our idioms are figurative. Anytime, that's why they're so hard to translate. But if something is uh, literally happening, it really is happening. So you will often hear that in English. Figurative, not really happening. Literally happening. But what makes English so difficult now is that people will say, I literally sweat. I'm trying to think of a good, I was going to say something else, but um, I'm literally sweating my, what do I want to say? Let me change that one because I can only think of one body part and it's not, it's not good. Um, I'm literally, ah, okay. We say this quite a bit in English. I'm literally so hungry. I could eat a horse. Like, no, you're not literally that hungry. You're not actually that hungry. So literal and figurative. No, you are figuratively hungry enough to eat a horse. Uh, by the way, in the United States, it is illegal to eat horse meat. But I know in other countries, it's it's encouraged. Yeah, but we have a rule or a law in the United States about not eating working animals. So if, uh, if an animal works, like a horse or a dog, it's, it's illegal to eat them. But I know in other parts of the world, horse meat is uh, really, a lot of people like it. Uh, I am a donut. Oh no, I'm an inhabitant of the city of Berlin. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a joke. Okay. That's, I'm sweating like a pig. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Hey, I'm literally sweating like a pig here. No, no, you're not. I don't even think pigs sweat, do they? But that is a saying we have in English. I'm sweating like a pig. I don't think pigs can sweat, though. 
Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I literally died at the gym today. You're, you're talking to me right now. No, literally. Yeah. So in English, we're saying literally a lot when we actually mean figuratively, figuratively. Oh, poor horse. Yeah. It just depends. It just depends on, you know, the country. Um, or an Amadi in um, Kazakh. Why can't I say that country? Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. Almaty. Yeah, I know. I watched a video where it was okay to eat horse. Um, but in the United States, maybe in a lot of parts of the world, it's not okay. Just like in some parts of the world, don't eat cow. It's a sacred animal. In the United States, we have McDonald's. Although, I'm not sure if McDonald's is actually beef. It might be cereal or something. It might be cornflakes. I don't know. All right. LF, lots of good questions today. Last one for today. Can I say Eddie edited it fast? Oh, can I say it? Eddie edited it fast? It was a tongue twister for me. Oh, I have to change to the British accent for that. Huh. Eddie edited it. That It might be harder in a British accent. Eddie edited it. Eddie edited it. But I can say it in an American accent. Eddie edited it. But those T's at the end are, are fun to say. Sounds like uh, something the rapper Eminem would write. Eddie edited it. Da -da 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 -da. Lots of T's there. Eddie edited it. For real? It's national here. <laughs> where where's here, Firecat? Where where are you from? Where are you from, Firecat? Thomas Ruff is entered for the postcard. Why does it say we have only five entries? Let's see. Maybe we have some more. Let me fix that. Hmm. All right. Something. So I please write postcard in the chat if you want to win a postcard because I have used this before and it has worked well, but now it doesn't seem like it. So I'll put that here to remind us. If you would like a postcard, just put that in the chat somewhere and I will draw for that in a few minutes. Postcard, postcard, manual. Oh, there is always the replay. There is always the podcast. If anybody is watching on replay or listening on the podcast, welcome, Eddie edited it. Yeah, practice that at home. Eddie edited it. Oh, is it? Literally. Well, the thing with literally is we don't make a T sound. We make a D sound for that. So try it with the D sound, literally, instead of a T, instead of that hard T, 
soften it to a D and that might help. Lid, lid. The other part's hard too though, right? Literally, 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 literally. All right, Yawen says, some farmers in Taiwan do not eat bull. Okay. I don't think... Now, of course, we eat cow, the female cow in, a, in the United States, uh, but I don't know if we eat bull. That's a good question. I don't think we do. LF has entered for the postcard. Maria, Alex, Maria. Maria has been a channel member for such a long time, and you came on, so I will send you a postcard, Maria. I happen to have two. I happen to have two. So Maria, I got a few of these. So on the next live stream, but Maria, DM, DM me your address in Argentina. I'm sending you one since you came on camera. So if Maria wins, I'll pick another name. You're entered though. You are entered. Mega is entered. Raphael. You don't know how to spell postcard. I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. Let's see how many how many entries we have? Seventeen entries. Look at this! All the postcards are coming in. You got it. You got my autograph. <laughs> Speak American English for this guy. Mary Pose has entered. All right. Figurative language. I hate that in English songs. It's like on a train to Paris, going nowhere. Yeah. Like, you just said it's going to Paris. Paris is a beautiful city. Don't call Paris nowhere. I hate that too. Chris Brown, yeah. Chris Brown needs to understand he's going to Paris. No, I agree. And didn't didn't Chris Brown hit a woman? Yeah, we need to cancel. Cancel Chris Brown. Did, did he? If he didn't hit anybody, I apologize. But I think he uh, he hit somebody. All right, talk talk Italian with Aroni. I will send you a postcard. Aroni. I got you. I got you. So if Aroni wins, uh, he's he's been around the channel for a long time. We got it. Ken, channel member, you got it. Let's go. Entered. I will draw a name really soon. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. I will sign it. And then you can sell it on eBay for millions. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Mustafa, um, can I please pronounce the word batteries? That's another one where it's a, it's a T, but we pronounce it with a D. Batteries. Batteries. Here's another one that I see. Hamburger. Hamburger. I see a lot of people trying to pronounce it as a U. We actually pronounce it as an E. So hamburger, right? Burger, er, burger, not booger. That's something different. Burger, burger. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. Our, so our post office is closing earlier now. It is hard to find help. 
So, but I'm going to go to the post office today and I'm going to buy some stamps and I'm mailing three postcards out. Now, in the future, there is a video coming out, I think this Friday from the Grand Canyon. I will be giving three postcards out from the Grand Canyon. So just put postcard in the comment and I will draw a name. And also from another town in Arizona, I picked up a postcard. I bought a postcard. Sometimes we use that phrasal verb, picked up. Hey, I picked up dinner for us tonight. Or, excuse me, I picked up a postcard. Sometimes we will use that phrasal verb for buy. So I picked up a postcard in Arizona from the town of Scottsdale. And there will be a, there will be a, uh, a winner for that too. Arrone. Congratulations. What is this? Try to pronounce. Oh, okay. I believe that is acai. Acai, right? It's the Brazilian um, kind of fruity ice cream. We might call it sherbet in English. Sherbet. Battery Park. Battery Park. Okay. Chef Cat. Watch the movie Pink Panther. Okay. Nailed it. Acai. Acai. Obrigado. Obrigado. All right. Um, and not even from Brazil, Brian. Right? Let's do this drawing here. I will make this a little bit bigger. Postcard. Come on. Please. I wish I had enough postcards to give to everybody. But... I don't. We have 21 people entered. Let's do it. Okay. So Natalie. Natalie is the winner. Natalie, congratulations. So please find me on Instagram. There is a link in the description for Instagram, okay? Sometimes I'll post pictures. There are a lot of Arizona pictures on Instagram. So Natalie, find me on Instagram, send me a DM, okay? And I will get that postcard out to you this week, maybe even today. It might be Monday though, but I will get that postcard out to you. What? Try pronounced what cornacker? I don't know what that is. Mary Posa. I don't know what a cornacker is. It sounds sounds yes, Alex. I saw you. It was like um Natalie. You know what? Let's do one more. Come on. There were like 21 people entered. I'm gonna do one more. Okay. So Natalie, find me on Instagram. Find me on Instagram. Let's go. One more. Come on, draw again. Let's go. This person will also get a postcard. Come on. Let's go. Who's it going to be? Raphael. So, Raphael, get with me. Four postcards are going out, okay? Natalie, Raphael, 
Maria Arone. Let's go. So good. Alex, I tried. I tried to get you another one. Tried to get you another one. Hey, but um, I have a few more to give out. Maybe I'll buy some more, but uh, we'll give these out on a future on a future live stream. So, hey, I want to thank everybody for joining me. I hope your English got a little bit better over this hour and 12 minutes. Thank you so much. If you could like this stream, hit that like button. It helps other people find the channel. We'll see each other next week. Hopefully, hopefully my son might have some hockey, but thank you so much. See y'all later. Adios, amigos. In this English lesson, you are going to hear some natural English conversation, or at least I'm going to do my best to do that. And uh, we're here at a, an American strip mall. But what I want to do is talk as normally to the camera as possible. I often get comments asking, hey, what do you sound like in, in real life? So I'm going to do my best to just talk as naturally as possible while we walk around this strip mall. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going to be going on uh, with the channel the next couple weeks. So I probably won't be, hey, we're right by the movies here. Spider-Man is playing. Yeah, so I'm not going to be uploading videos probably for the next couple weeks. Now, you might not notice that because I'm not one of those English teachers who is very good about releasing videos on a certain day. Like I don't release every Friday. I kind of just release when they're ready. I try to get two to three out a week. But like I said, I don't think any will be coming out for the next maybe week or two because I am going to be going to Texas and I'm gonna be going to Arizona. Now, if you're a channel member, you probably already know this. across the street to make sure everything is safe. You probably already know this because uh, I, I, I did a member's video about my trip. But uh, I'm gonna be flying out from Portland, Maine to Dallas, Texas. And then I'll be flying, I'm gonna stay in Dallas for a couple days. And then I'm gonna be moving on to Phoenix, Arizona and the Grand Canyon. So. My son is going with me. Unfortunately, I don't have the day off. I have to take uh, some time uh, away from my school. Uh, this trip is for his hockey, my son's hockey. And so uh, I can't plan it during a vacation, which means I'm gonna have to take some days unpaid <laughs> means I actually have to pay money to my school because I'm not going to be there for uh, six days. So it's going to cost me a little bit of money. Unfortunately, it's getting a little dark over here. The sun is behind that building. But yeah, I will be filming some lessons out there. I know one lesson I'm going to do, it's kind of a vlog style. And uh, it's going to be all about my longest day that I've 
probably ever had because it's gonna be a Thursday, but I need to wake up for school, which is at about 5 a.m. I need to teach the whole day, and right as I get out of school, I need to go down to the airport in Portland. It's about a 40-minute drive. Hop on a plane, fly to Baltimore, Maryland, and then fly to Dallas, and then go to our house. So I'm renting a house out there with a couple other people. It's massive. So that's about a half an hour drive from the airport. I think I will be getting to that house at like midnight or something like that. So it's gonna be an extremely long day. I'm not sure, look at this. I'm not sure uh, when I'll get to sleep. A lot of people up here. I will cut through the parking lot. So it's gonna be an extremely long day. There's more sun over here. Uh, but I think it's gonna be fun. Like I'll be going through the airports, talking about uh, vocabulary words at the airport, things like that, layover you'll learn. So that should be a pretty uh, good English lesson, a pretty long one. And I'll get that up as much as I, or as quickly as I can. But what I wanna do is live in the moment. So I don't wanna be um, editing any videos while I'm out there. Those take a lot of time to edit. So I wanna spend as much time like with my son, uh, going to the different places. Uh, the Grand Canyon, a lot of people call that like a once in a lifetime trip. So I don't wanna worry about editing videos and stuff. So I'm not sure if any will get released, but just know that if the channel is dark for a little while, that's where I am. I'm, I'm making videos, just probably won't be editing or releasing any videos. That large house, it sleeps 12 people. So I will definitely do an English lesson from there, like at a big house, it should be cool. Um, I'm told that they do have some animals there, like chickens. So we'll, we'll I, I don't know, it's, it's a massive house and it should be pretty fun to film. Actually uh, gonna go work out after I'm done with this uh, lesson here at Planet Fitness. You might remember Planet Fitness. Uh, if you saw the big trip I did this summer where I drove from my house down to North Carolina. It was about a 14 hour trip. It took me a couple days, like a 14 hour drive. And I took a shower. I slept in my car one night and took a shower at a Planet Fitness down in Virginia, I think it was. So I'll leave a link to um, that playlist. There are four different videos that you can watch. That was my big trip for 2021. And I think the big trip this year will be to Texas and Arizona. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Should be fun. Um, let me know in the comments what you wanna see in Texas and Arizona. I'll do my best to do that. And I just wanna thank you for all the support and know that if the channel doesn't have any activity for a couple weeks, I will be back. All right, thanks for watching. Check out that playlist of that road trip I took.
All right, for us to talk about ice, we need to get near some ice, which could be a little dangerous. There's a river over here, and since this English lesson is about ice, let's go see some ice. But, whoa. In this English lesson, you are going to learn at least 22 phrasal verbs or terms we use in English when talking about ice. But you also might see me slip and fall a little bit, which I almost did. It is quite icy. But before we get into the lesson, let's take a look at that sunset over there. All right, this could be a bad idea. I'm not exactly wearing the best shoes. I have my dad's shoes on, but I want to get down near the river. And this ramp is, pr is pretty slippery. Who knew being an English teacher was so dangerous? Right, the question is, can I get back up though? I didn't realize it would be so, oh gosh. Okay, ice. We're talking about ice today. And the first thing I wanna talk about is ice up and ice over. Two English phrasal verbs we use with ice as I make my way down this ramp. I think there's a, there's a side over here that isn't too icy and I don't think I will fall. So. I'm sure you all know what ice is. I've been walking on ice for the last two minutes. But we do have those phrasal verbs, ice up and ice over. Ice up. This is what we use when things start getting ice on it. For instance, we have something in English called freezing rain. I'm sure you know what rain is, but in English, Freezing rain is when it starts to rain. It's warm up in the sky. It's warm up in the clouds. But when the rain reaches the ground or trees or branches, it will start icing up. That means it gets ice on it. And it could build up. That's another English phrasal verb we use has nothing really to do with ice. But if something builds up, it gets thicker, it gets taller. And so something could ice up. Like if it was freezing rain out right now, those branches could start icing up. The roads could start icing up. My car, I just left my car. It could start icing up. Now ice over, is a little bit different, which is why I want to get down to the river. Because you could use ice up and ice over interchangeably. You could. Hey, if it's freezing rain, you could say, whoa, those tree branches are starting to ice over. The road is starting to ice over. And you would be fine. You could use it. But if you want to sound like a native English speaker, we use ice over when things are actually supposed to have ice on them. This river, 
I'm gonna make it. I'm almost there. This river, as you can see, a lot of it has ice, not all of it, but it's starting to ice over. It's starting to have ice at the edges of the river. It gets cold where I live. It's supposed to ice over. And that's what this river is doing. It's icing over. You see how that ice looks down there? We might say those are ice crystals on top of the ice. And I'm sure you know what ice is, but did you know that we actually have an adjective to use with ice? And it's icy. So the roads could be icy. That ramp right there is definitely icy. So when things start having ice on them, you can say they are icy. Another noun I would like to teach you using ice is icicle. You might see icicles hanging from houses in the winter, and I'll put a picture up of what an icicle is. Just to make sure you know what adjectives and nouns and verbs are, let's do a quick review. A noun, it's a thing. An adjective, it describes a noun. It gives a little bit more information about that thing. And a verb is something you do. Let's talk about two verbs and adjectives right here. I actually used one already. When I got out of my car, I slipped on the ice, slipped. It means when you're walking and your foot goes in a quick movement that you weren't expecting. So I just pretended, but that would be what it looked like if I was slipping. I just, I just slipped. Now, the adjective, you can describe something as slippery. So that icy road up there can be slippery. It could cause you to slip. My hands are starting to get cold, so I am going to find a warmer place. Hopefully I can make it back up this hill without slipping. I found the sweet spot, but there's no light. But I can't walk backwards. That's too dangerous. Speaking of dangerous, I'm just recording this in case I slip because uh, I would make for... Okay, I just slipped again, but I didn't fall. So falling would be if I went all the way down to the ground. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to come down here, but there actually is a lady in that van and she's collecting sticks down there. Well, she's not in the van now. She's down there, but that van belongs to her. Okay. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm pretty safe. Um, they've, you know one thing that helps if something is slippery or icy? 
those two things are almost the same word, pretty much. It's if you put sand down. Unfortunately, there's a lot of trash in this parking lot, but because of the sand, it's not so icy. And just in case you're wondering, why is that woman collecting sticks? She's going to make walking staffs out of them, and um, or walking sticks. I'll put a picture up of what a walking staff or a walking stick is. Nothing to do with ice, though. I think it's getting a little too dark to film outside. I'll finish the rest of this video tomorrow, and guess what? I think when I continue filming, there will be a lot more snow on the ground. We're supposed to get some snow overnight. All right, it's it's the next day. Quite a quite a difference, huh? We are getting a snowstorm, and it sounds like in the distance there might be some sirens because it's slippery out. The roads are slippery. There may have been an accident. And I hope that uh, the sound is okay. I had to change the microphone because it is snowing quite a bit. I didn't want to get the microphone wet. It seems like there's more light. Well, it's pretty dark. You hear the sirens? Hopefully you can. But we're talking about ice, even though we're getting snow today. Yesterday, I mentioned how a road might ice over. Another way you could say that, if you want, is the road is starting to glaze over. That means it's getting some ice on it. No ice, really. No ice, really, uh, on the roads. Just a lot of snow. If there was ice, you probably wouldn't be able to see it anyways. It's easier to slip on ice if there's snow covering it. Uh-oh. Looks like we might have a plow coming this way. Sounds like it. No, it's on the next street. Lots of noises here today. I just talked about glaze over. Um, now we're gonna get to my favorite part of the lesson and we're gonna talk about food here, even though we're still talking about ice. There's something called icing and glaze that can go on sweets like cakes or donuts. So icing is a type of decoration usually used for cakes and it just makes the cake look a little prettier and it tastes a lot sweeter. Glaze is a lot like the same thing but it's just sugar and it's pretty clear. You can see right through it. We even have some donuts in the United States called glazed donuts. That's just when uh, they take some sugar, melted sugar, it's clear, and they pour it over the donut. Really good stuff. Yeah, there's a plow on the other, other side of the, the street over there, and there's a plow right beside me too. One thing you have to worry about when the road starts to glaze over is black ice. You might hear that term sometimes. It's ice you can't see and it can often cause some accidents on the road. 
another way you might hear glaze used is glazed over. We sometimes talk about people's eyes being glazed over. It's almost like there's a, a blank look on their face and you wanna wave your hand in front of their eyes. If someone has glazed over eyes, it could be they're very tired. Maybe they didn't get enough sleep the night before or it could be that they're really bored. I hope your eyes are not glazing over with this English lesson. I hope you find it interesting. If you do, you mind hitting that like button? Thanks. Lots of wind here today, lots of wind. We also have ice cubes. Those are square things that keep your drink cold, ice cubes. They're also chunks of ice or ice chunks. Those don't really have a square shape and you can find them pretty much anywhere. Maybe a, a river has frozen over. Oh, there's another one we could, would, you could use there, frozen over. It's iced over. It's glazed over means there's not as much ice. But chunks of ice could be found in a frozen river or a partly frozen river. They just don't have that square shape that ice cubes have. If you go into a restaurant in the United States, you could ask for some ice water, and that is just water with ice cubes in it. But there are two different types of way. We have ice in the United States crushed ice or cubed ice. So hopefully you already know what an ice cube is. That's just cubed ice is ice cubes in your drink. But you could have crushed ice. Crushed ice is smaller than cubed ice and it melts more quickly, but it makes your drink colder more quickly. I just said melt, didn't I? We have two verbs in English that we can use with ice, melt and freeze. Freeze is when you have ice, no, sorry. Freeze is when you have water and it gets so cold that it turns to ice. Water freezes into ice. The opposite happens when ice melts. The ice will become water again when it melts. When ice gets warmer, it melts back into water. If you are looking for another English lesson with ice, I did an English lesson at an ice rink. Thanks for watching. See you next time.